I pre-ordered a movie that I'm excited to see, but it brought up a, a lot of thoughts in my head. Um, I pre-ordered the movie The Cursed. In the late 1800s, a man arrives in a remote county village to investigate an attack by a wild animal, but discovers a much more deeper and sinister force that has the manor and its township in its grip. It got me thinking, like, the late 1800s, and I'm just like, can we please just get a werewolf movie that's not set in, like, a small town out in the woods? Or, you know, like... I had have just the movie for you. Well, hold on, hold on. Because we had Ginger Snaps, which was, like, a Canadian town. But again, it's still a small town. I'm saying we need to take this shit to, like, space or something like that. I was going to say American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Have you done or it's a it's a bigger place, but you you don't get the werewolf doing much in the, the city. You get like five minutes of the werewolf doing anything. I want a movie that's listen. He werewolf, wakes up in a zoo. I want werewolf centric. Like we get to like see the ins and outs. Like what if like a werewolf was like had a job where, you know, we followed him through his day to day. Like how does he handle being a werewolf? with his day-to-day for an extended period of time. Not just, oh my God, I transformed for the first time. We always see the yeah. first transformation. So you're just waiting for werewolves to come out. Right. <laughs> Butter Mike, John. <laughs> no, that was good. Uh, thumbs up. I don't know. I just, I'm just saying we could, we could do a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, I know I was, I was thinking like, what if it, they worked at NASA and they had to study the moon and they see a picture of a full moon? Does that count? Okay, concept. All right. The Howling Nine. Mike Collins is a werewolf. Mike Collins is a werewolf. That's why he couldn't get out of the Moonlander. Because if he right. did, he that's why he had to stay werewolf. in the orbiter. Oh. Those suits are not designed for werewolf bodies. That's true. But, but that's a good question, though. I think your movie, though, would just be someone going about their lives for most of it. Because if you are a werewolf and you're not currently in wolf form, why would you be any different than just a right? You but know, if a you go into wolf form, though, how do you handle that long term? Like you got to kill, you got to eat. Like how do you you manage to keep that under wraps? How do you handle hiding bodies? I'm just saying, I want like a, a very mundane kind of like, you know, day to day of like, I've been a werewolf for 34 years, but this is how I deal with it. Do and werewolves hide bodies? Every werewolf movie I've seen, maybe his, eat them. Maybe his wife and him are having tough times because he's a werewolf. And okay, what if Mike Collins does land on the moon, turns into a werewolf, if only a silver bullet can kill a werewolf. Now we just have a werewolf infested fucking moon. Oh, that's true. Moon's haunted. That's true. You know what? The moon's haunted. <laughs> that's an old internet thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's from the, uh, the the game Destiny. Yeah. So for all my nerds out there. <laughs> but now we have to build a moon base for World War Three. But shit, there's werewolves up there already. Yeah. We, we cannot go to the moon anymore. What if you worked at NASA designing the ISS and they wanted a moon window, but you're like, oh, my God, I can't put a moon window on there. They'll be turned into werewolves. Well, the, your main problem would be it, it orbits like eight times like a day. So you'd be transitioning. Werewolf, unwerewolf, yeah. werewolf, unwerewolf. Super How would rapid. you manage that? See, this is what I'm talking about. I want to get into the deep dive of what it is to be a werewolf. But your just werewolf your time is so brief. It doesn't allow you to cause that much damage. Maybe it's a good thing. Yeah. So what I'm hearing, Gary, I think you need to create like the Institute for Advanced Werewolf Studies okay. and really start working uh, working this out here. I think so. Anybody out there who wants to get in on this, hit me up. I'm down to deep dive. What does it mean to be a werewolf? Yeah. That's going to be my college thesis. I'm going to go back to college, you guys. It's going to be a Rodney Dangerfield situation. <laughs> it sounds like, Garrett, what you want is a werewolf soap opera. Days of our wolves. Nights of our lives. Oh, the days of our lives. Bam, that's Boom. even better. That's the kind of stuff that comes out of the Institute for Advanced Werewolf <laughs> Studies, okay? <laughs> so...
Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Welcome to another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. I'm your host, Garrett, the hostess with the mostest and all that other fun stuff. Here with John, the man with the plan. Uh oh. <laughs> and here with guest host, Alex, filling in for Mark, who unfortunately is under the weather and will not be with us today. But we will cut to him later to get his thoughts about this film because it would not be a Chainsaw Massacre movie without Mark's in depth, insightful hot takes. It's true. Alex, how so- have you been? Oh, I'm great. Thank you for having me. Very welcome. John, how <laughs> have you been? I'm doing all right. You know what I got to say? I think Alex has been on the podcast enough to graduate from guest host to honorary fourth host. She may be honorary fourth host, but you always know, start doing when she start doing like like Alex like mini episodes where she just like tells us we're wrong about every hot take that we have. Yeah, and like laughs at our she, terrible... She just critiques us. She just like, oh, you know what? She reviews the review. There's nothing I love more than being right. So that <laughs> seems like a great role for me. Well, John, I'm glad you're doing okay. I know the world's been a little crazy lately, and uh, we're going to take a break today, and we're going to yeah. talk about a new horror film that just came out on the Netflix, mm-hmm. uh, which just raised their prices. Thanks, Netflix. They better. They're all doing it. I mean, there's no escape. At some point, we're going to be paying $400 a month just for streaming. Yeah. Well, I mean, others inflation, have, man. It's the worst. But others have mentioned this. But one day, I'd like to be able to buy a package of different streaming services. Mm-hmm. You know, where I just pay one fee and I can. If get... only there was some kind of like media structure that we could yeah. have looked to to basically. And it's almost like we went away from that to get away from that very same shitty model. <laughs> but here we are. So we're talking about 2022's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Is it the? Hold no, on. No, it is just Texas Chainsaw it's Massacre. It's just Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. Okay, I've got like multiple screenshots here because Mark, in all his glory, did give us the information we needed in advance. So. Oh, thanks, Mark. Even out sick, he did From all the- beyond the grave. <laughs> I'm not dead. So, yes, it is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. It comes in at a tight, John, hour and 23 minutes. That's with a post-credit scene, if Uh, you want to call that a post-credit scene. Perfect. Perfect pacing. I have many complaints, but no pacing complaints. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the description for this is, in this sequel, influencers looking to breathe new life into a Texas ghost town encounter Leatherface, an infamous killer who wears a mask of human skin. I feel like that's accurate. I feel like that's just enough to let you know what's going on. I feel like the people who wrote this movie didn't know how many likes on Instagram an actual influencer gets because their (laughs) numbers were very small. I feel like, not to get too ahead of ourselves here, but the makers of this film are very detached from the youth of today. And by youth, I mean adults under 45, (laughs) even though I assume most of the people involved in this film to be adults under 45. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I'm surprised the the actors who seem to be age appropriate weren't like y'all. We do not talk this way. Can we get the screenwriter in here? I'm sure actors that are age appropriate were like, "Yo, this check is sweet. This is that Netflix money. <laughs> fair, Let's do this." Fair, fair point. Yeah, all of the very age appropriate actors here understand that they have bills to pay. <laughs> well, with inflation, as you guys said, those bills are not getting any lower. Yeah, but apparently, two chefs can buy a whole town. You get that sweet, sweet chef money. Before we get into this movie, let's go ahead and do a quick roundtable. John, what have you been up to, man? Uh, I've been up to being on vacation, so I didn't watch any horror movies at all. That's right. You went down... um, Wait, is Puerto Rico below the equator? No. No, No, it's above the equator. But but I went uh, south anyway. It's south from here. It is below the continental United States. Yeah. Anything crazy happened that could warrant a horror movie script? Did you marry Uh a llama? No, I didn't. That would have been awesome, but no. And also, no, it was a very uneventful, uh, well, 
you know what was a horror movie trip? Being stuck in the airport for 20 hours on the way home. Ooh. That's just real life horror. Uh, nothing uh, supernatural happened. Uh, just <laughs> That's just mundane reality yeah, at its best. Just watching people fall apart in the airport. Myself included. <laughs> I always wonder if I could handle that. Oh, dude, it was the. W- it's almost as boring as hearing people talk about being stuck in an airport. Is <laughs> being stuck in an airport. Uh, it was just tedium to the max. When I was twenty, I got stuck in the Philadelphia airport for a full twenty-four hours. It was awful. Yeah, it was terrible. But now I tell people that I have been to Pennsylvania because I think that counts. Definitely the worst part to Pennsylvania. Yeah. But, did know. you step outside the front door of the airport? Yes. Okay, then you it did. It was very humid. Then you did. You 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 were in Pennsylvania. Alex, did you do anything exciting or noteworthy, horror-related that we should know about? Um, I watched, I believe, 1997's The Devil's Advocate yesterday uh, with Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves and Charlize Theron. It was actually pretty enjoyable. I hadn't seen it since I was Huge in my fan. early teens, I think. I really enjoyed it. I had a great time watching it. I have one thing to say. She's got a great ass. Uh, I mean, if you like your Al Pacino yelling. Oh, this 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 is peak Pacino. Uh, It is a Pacino tour de force. And Keanu Reeves is acceptable. Yeah. It's just so good you want to put a cap on it. It's a cappuccino. It's a big stretch to believe that (laughs) he was a very hotshot lawyer with his sort of blank uh, surfer stare. But you know what? I'll I'll give it. You know what? All kinds. I like his in and out Southern accent. (laughs) It's very fun. Do you guys want to talk about Devil's Advocate instead? Oh, I would, I would love to. I would love to unpack this movie. So maybe we'll do a, a mini about The Devil's Advocate. Yeah. Just best Pacino monologues. Maybe that could be an episode. Son right. of a woman. Yeah. We're Hoo-ah. top. Yes. Top Pacino yells. Oh, man. But anyway, let's talk about what everyone's here for. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022 starring Sarah Yarkin as Melody, Elsie Fisher as Lila, Mark Burnham as Leatherface. That dude's picture on IMDb is rad. He looks Angry as fuck. I love it. <laughs> Jacob Lattimore as Dante. Mo Dunford as Richter. Owen Fiorieri as Sally Hardesty. Or Owen's... You're doing great. Uh, our founder. I don't know. Whatever. Mark, save us. <laughs> this is the chick from Mandy. Jessica Elaine as Catherine. Neil Hudson as Ruth. And then a, everyone else is just random characters. We got... Cannon fodder. Yeah, we got some some random people here. No one that you've really like, seen before. Oh, John Larroquette as the narrator. I have nice. no recollection of narration. He talked like for five seconds at the beginning of the film where he said, in 1970-something. Austin, Texas, four boys and girls were basically murdered by or it a was piece the, of the art equipment. It was oh. the documentary that was playing. Yes. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. Which is a throwback to the original because John Larroquette originally did yeah. the narration for the first Chainsaw. So fun fact about that. I I rewatched it last night and I realized I live nine minutes away from the cemetery at the beginning of that movie. Mm -hmm, There's mm -hmm. a CVS right next to it now and it is not a field anymore. It is a very urban area. I was uh, shocked. Do you think there's an episode of Night Court where they put Leatherface on trial? Probably not. There needs to be, though. So anyway, this movie is very much a Halloween 2008 situation where it takes place right after the first film. Mm -hmm. So at this point, according to this Netflix film. Yeah. Um. Part two and anything afterwards does not exist. Maybe the origin story, the Leatherface origin story where like uh, the one we did, Leatherface. No, it, but it can't because that one feeds into the 2003 timeline, which oh, is so it? different than okay. I, I, I assume those movies are in their own uh, time, Texas timeline. Then there's like the main timeline. And now there's this new Netflix timeline. Because what this series needed was a lot of convoluted, complicated uh, storytelling. 
Well, guess what it didn't have? Convoluted storytelling. No, barely any storytelling, which, you know what, probably was for the better. I I would generally agree with that, <laughs> because the story they did attempt, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but the story they did attempt bringing back our final girl from the first movie was probably the weakest part of the whole so, movie to me. It made no sense, and it served no purpose. Yeah, I would agree. Well, this was written by Chris Thomas Devlin and story by Fetty Alvarez... Uh, Rodo Sayaga. I'm so sorry, man. R O D O S A Y A G U E S. Anyway, that guy and Kim Henkel uh, had uh, some story credits because it was based off characters mm-hmm. that he created. Uh, so it was written by them. So it looks like we have a few people that are uh, heavy hitters involved. Fetty yeah. Alvarez has done some stuff. Yeah, that he we've did done. what? Uh, Don't Breathe and yep. a couple of uh, other things, I think. Yep. Man, Don't Breathe was pretty good. And then he did this. Hmm. And then we. it was directed by Listen, David. Listen, he's got bills too. <laughs> it was directed by David Blue Garcia, who I don't think has done anything else that we really know about. He did Bloodfest, Tejano. He doesn't have a Wikipedia page, which means that he doesn't have a very robust resume yet. Get off yeah. Wikipedia. We're on IMDb. I we're, will on, never. we're on IMDb podcast here. No, Wikipedia is the uh, like canonical source of all knowledge. If it's not on Wikipedia, it doesn't exist. Except it's updatable by anybody. Yeah, that's what so makes that's, it. That's dangerous. That's what makes it fun. Have you read your entry? Uh, John, you're not going to be happy. You know, I spent four hours on that bad boy. I didn't even know I used to be in the village people. Yeah, well, uh, someone's got to be the why. So, well, let's go ahead and talk about this movie, because honestly, there's a lot to say. So this movie opens up with what I thought was a nice little like um, throwback is the legendary entertainment uh, logo. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen Legendary's logo in a while. And I was like, oh, cool. That's awesome. They're still doing stuff. So I was kind of excited to see that. And then we cut right into a DVD starting. Uh, which is, I guess, a little bit different from the uh, the old film that they used in the original one. But basically, it's a, a DVD starting, and we get our little documentary kind of like back in 1970-something or other. Four. 1974. Some kids, no named. They got the shit hella murdered out of them. <laughs> yeah. By yeah. unknown people. They don't know who they are. They didn't know it was the Sawyers. No, because uh, as the kind of the clerk says he was wearing a mask makes it hard to know who it is yeah like, but you would know that the, the Sawyer family got killed in all this you though you would think you would know that but they uh, they really just shot that kid down he's like why are you asking stupid questions the guy was wearing a mask like oh well we can't, we can't solve any crimes I mean I feel like this is just a very incisive impeachment of the uh, Texas criminal justice system because they apparently did not investigate this crime at all no they're not great about it but they did say five youths and the way John Larroquette said it made it sound like uh, Joe Pesci saying five Dude, youths. I can I hear the word youth without thinking <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> so we get the little backstory about that. I don't know if they actually said anything about Sally escaping during this because I don't not in the DVD part, not but in the documentary. The part, clerk the says, yeah, she became a Texas Ranger and tried to find him yeah, for 30 once, years. Yeah. Once we get to the gas station. Well, but, this is um, all in the gas station. It opened in the gas station. The documentary is on the TV oh. of the gas station and one of the sisters the one who doesn't have curly hair. Elsie. Elsie. Well, that's her real life name. Oh. What's her fake name? Movie name? Character name? Lila. Lila. Okay. So Lila is watching it on a TV and then it sort of zooms out from the TV and she's in this gas station with all this Texas Chainsaw merch. Some of it was pretty cool. I was kind of upset they didn't actually make that the, the original gas station. 
the one that's like uh, a tourist trap now. Oh, uh, yeah. It would have been cool if they had actually had it be the same gas station. It just time had moved on. It to was where... too touristy. They couldn't afford to film there. They didn't have that kind of money. It's only Netflix. OK. <laughs> and so we see talk about the ultimate check off. Uh, she grabs a Texas chainsaw corkscrew. Remember that in 90 minutes, that's going to be important for five <laughs> in, seconds. In 80 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, It's a chainsaw. It's a little plastic chainsaw with a corkscrew on it. Um, and then so she's buying um just supplies, yeah. you know, whatever you want after seeing this little thing. And then she asked the, uh, the the desk clerk, you know, hey, did they ever catch this guy? And he was like, nope. But one girl escaped and she became a Texas Ranger, which I thought was a weird trajectory. So I watched one and then two. There are two, whatever we're calling this sort of back to back. And there's nothing in that character of Sally that makes you think she is going to go from here into becoming a hard ass Texas Ranger, Rainsaw, Rainsaw, Texas, <laughs> Texas Rainsaw, Texas Ranger, like super cop. Uh, she does. Th- well, I got good news for you. She ain't no super cop. No, no, she's definitely not. Uh, which why she spent 30 years and couldn't catch this guy who had apparently moved like literally five feet from where this massacre happened. Flat out failed. You're bad at your job, Sally. <sighs> so bad. So it Melody wasn't even hiding. <laughs> no. So uh, Lila's sister Melody comes in, who looks like maybe Funke from uh, Arrested Development. Alia oh. Shulkot. Sure. I don't know her name, but that's yeah. what she reminded me of. Yeah. 20 years ago. That's who it would have been. They have character. the same head of hair. This is where we kind of get our first glimpse that these are a bunch of quote unquote millennials or youngsters or well, city okay. folk. One, you sound very old when you call them millennials because millennials are not the young people anymore. And uh, you are a millennial. I'm y- sorry to tell yeah. you. These are Gen Z uh, also, though, what this is the first moment I knew, like, okay, no one who wrote this movie has ever been in Texas because these people are from Austin, um, which, while is not like, you know, the most Texas place on earth, they act like they have never seen any other Texan before when they see this guy come up with the truck. Yeah. And if you have ever been to Austin, you'll know that still a large chunk of the population here drives huge ass trucks. Yeah. Because guess what? We're still in Texas. Asshole Texas is not foreign to you if you live in Austin. No, no they it's have not. your little pockets of safe like kind of like I don't have to deal with that bullshit but let's just be honest you're very well versed in the asshole Texas that surrounds this city yeah because you drive 20 minutes and you're in Texas yeah <laughs> like they act like it would have been much more believable if they had said like okay these are people who are moving here from California one that would have fit in with their whole theme of this movie or what they tried to make a theme and at least would have made sense why they were so confused that this guy was driving a truck I would just say in general the the themes that this movie is attempting to explore um, if I'm being generous, I'll say they fall a little flat. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. So they, they go out to the the, um, the front of the gas station. They're filling up their Tesla without any Tesla logos on it because yeah. I'm pretty sure they well, did not get permission surely to they're not Tesla. filling it up. No, they're just parked there rudely. They're Wait, taking up a pump no, You got to fill up your car with gas, though. No, there's no gas in it. That's the whole thing about Tesla. There's oh, no shit, gas. Oh, electric. That's right. <laughs> I'm a millennial, you guys. I was born in 80. All right. I think I'm on that cusp of being too dumb to be a millennial. Here's my question, though. Like, what is the range on a Tesla? It's only, what, about like 300 or so miles? Yeah, they claim they drove seven hours outside of Austin. Yeah, that's implausible because even if they could make the one way trip, there's no charging station in this ghost town. Don't they have like solar panels on top so you can get sun power? No, they would have had a. That was James Brown's worst hit. Sun power! I mean, I assume they're going west. 
west, right? I mean, I guess if they stayed on the interstate for most of the way, they might have found like a Denny's or something that had a charge. So anyway, that they're would... in a Tesla, which is not labeled as a Tesla, and this big Texas truck pulls up next to him, and bra 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 bra, and a dude gets out. And this is actually Richter. Then we come to find we come to find out Richter is a major character later on, but he gets out. He's got a gun on his hip, and Lila at this point gets a little like kind of like for lack of a better term, gun shy. Yeah. And she's a little like, kind of like scared and worried. And then her sister starts mouthing off. So stupid. She's like, what kind of small dick person's got to wear their gun on the outside of their pants? Boo, 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 (laughs) boo. Which honestly, let's be honest, maybe a thing, but in this situation, don't mouth off in the middle of fucking nowhere with someone with a gun. You do it in your car with your friends when he's not going to shoot you. Yeah, because if I'm at a rural gas station and I see some tough looking dude with a gun on his hip, yes, that's going to make me uncomfortable despite the fact I've lived in Texas for a while. That's going to make me uncomfortable, but I'm not going to say anything. Jesus Christ, this man is armed. I'll be like, New York City, get a rope. Um, Salsa from New York City. (laughs) So Melody starts talking shit. Lila gets in the car. She's like, come on, let's just go. They basically get in. Uh, Richter has something to he say. Says, He's like, there's feral hogs around here. Yes. We got a feral hog problem. Yeah, he makes a threat about invasive species. Yes, and he's referring to the young city millennials. Yeah. Also, that are coming his to truck Harlow. was not that big. It wasn't no. like comically large. I've seen bigger trucks like try to navigate and downtown. And bigger than what yeah. he had. But yeah, they they make it they make it to be like this big imposing thing. So anyway, we get the whole like, well, maybe there's a reason for him being this way, which. Obviously, there is, but they drive off. So now we get the whole backstory of why they're going out to this place, Harlow, what they're doing there, why they're doing it, yada, yada, yada. We find out that Lila was shot in a school shooting, and so she's got a bullet hole scar on her chest. So she's, like, really scared and timid of guns and violence and stuff. And her sister's like, we're going to start this utopia out in the middle of Texas to basically get away from violence and the the woes yeah. of the city and yada, yada, yada. And Utopia is apparently a restaurant and an art gallery. Yeah, and a comic book shop. And a comic book shop. Hey. With no customers. Hey, don't, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. All right? It's comics, baby. I think a lot of closed comic book shops would disagree with that. Yeah. This is not the time of the place. It's a struggling this industry. Is not, this is not the time of the place, you guys. Uh, but, anyway. Yeah, and so they're pl- so the paper-thin plot here is that these two are influencers. They're like famous, uh, these two being Dante and Melody, are famous chefs that run a food truck in Austin. I think Austin. only one of them, I think only Dante's a chef and she's an artist because she's like, oh, that'd be a great place for no, my art no, gallery. No, no, his, Dante's girlfriend mentioned the art gallery. Yeah. Melody is also oh, a chef. Oh, Melody's yeah, a chef. They have oh. the, the truck together. I never knew what Melody did this whole movie. I was like, what the fuck is she here for? Other than like, she's got to like get her sister out of the city. <laughs> uh, and so a, a bank bought a whole town, like foreclosed on a whole town. And they t- they got in touch with these influencers, run the auction to sell all of the I buildings. Think the, I think the influencers bu- they bought the whole town. Or the influencers bought the whole town. Yes, they bought the or whole town. They from have the, bank, the title, and yeah. then they're going to sell off this to like other, other, other investors. Investors, yeah. yes. So food truck and money. Investors, let's put this in quotes. Investors is young millennial kids, all with ideals of making this the trip <laughs> hippest place in existence. Seven hours outside of Austin, where literally nobody is going to go. You could almost get to like. El Paso. Yeah. Be, where are they? Like, I don't know. Harlow. They say it like 500 times. No, well, well where on in Texas. Oh. With is it seven, near like Midland or something? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Bastrop is where the other one was like kind of took place in the originals. So it's only like maybe like 45 minutes away from Austin. Yeah, so. but they're saying it's way farther. Yeah. They, they're which, saying it's Which seven, begs the question, how did Leatherface get so far from his original home? 
They never said where. Well, they said it took place in like a fake county. They oh. never said where. The, it was filmed around here. And it can't be that far away because, spoiler alert, he walks back to his house. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to be like, uh, they, they heard about Marfa and they're like, we can make one of those too or something. Literally, yeah. <laughs> so they go to Harlow. They get out of their car. They look at this ghost town, which has a giant bronze statue of a guy on a horse. Mm-hmm. It's got a movie theater that's run down. Definitely a Confederate <clears throat> memorial. It's just basically just your standard ghost town, which I didn't know at the time that you could just buy ghost towns, but evidently that's a thing. I got to say, it's a really well-maintained ghost town because I don't know how many ghost towns you've been to. Well, let's, let's point out the reason it is, is because somehow one man Richter fixed all of those buildings. Yes. Our guy from the gas station pulls up as they're walking around. They're like, oh, this would be a great place for the, the restaurant, our comic book store, blah, blah, blah. And then they see the truck and they're like, oh my God, what is that guy doing here? And he walks out and then Dante goes, oh, hey man, you must be Richter. You think they would have introduced each other at, at the gas station, but well, no, because no, he was being a. They, he didn't. They didn't know it was Richter. They just thought it was just a. I guess they had never seen Richter. Yeah, but the Richter, bank hired. But Richter, Richter could have been like, "Hey, are you the new people that just bought my entire town that I handyman in?" Well, he Hi, might. Guy. He may have if they weren't immediately a dick to him. As soon as he got out of the car, Melody's like, "Look at this fucking prick." <laughs> <laughs> so they're walking around town after meeting Richter, and he's just like, "Look, you know, you bought it from the bank. I'm not thrilled with it. Just remember, people live around here. Don't be dicks." He calls him gentrifuckers, which I did like, but if everyone's already evicted, they're not really gentrifying. Exactly. So this movie has a very weak understanding of what gentrification is, but... Uh, and so then they see a Confederate flag and once again, cause apparently they've never been in Texas before. They like freak out and they're like, Oh my God, all these investors who have also never been to Texas before are not going to invest if they see one shitty Confederate flag. Because you know, it's really hard to do. Take a flag down. Well, obviously it was because Dante could not do it, but uh, Dante was- sees the flag and he, and I mean, Dante's a, a black character. So they're like, I thought they were going to go with a little bit more like, like he takes this way personal and they kind of play it that way at the beginning. But then once he like tries to pull it down and can't, he doesn't, he couldn't be fucked to yeah. basically like deal with the flag anymore. He's just like, oh, well, I guess it's staying up. We'll get Richter to take it yeah. down. He also tries to take it like down and just kind of like OJ putting on the glove, man. He was just like, uh, <laughs> I give up. This sucks. Jeez, he puts yeah. like the most half-ass effort into, and he's yeah. so close. If he tried a little bit, he could have grabbed. And it. also, that flag is raggedy as hell. He could have just ripped it down. Yeah, or just been like, "Hey, this town's a ghost town. I don't know why there's a Confederate flag there." Hey uh, guys, when we you just got here, yeah. we haven't had time to deconfederate this place. <laughs> just know that we'll take down all. We of haven't the had time damage. to unionize this bitch. <laughs> right when you, when you own the building, you can take care of the flag. Okay, like, but evidently. A woman is still inside this building, which is an orphanage, because on the front of the building, there's a giant brass plaque that says orphanage. Yes. And just orphanage. Well, what do you need to know? Harlow <laughs> Orphanage. It's, it's where the orphans are. It's all in the name. So this old woman comes out, and I thought this was Sally at first, because she's like old white-haired lady, and I was just like, oh my god, did Sally start an orphanage? How nice. And she's like, this is my house. I live here. My boys and my kids need me. You don't own this place. And they're like, yo, straight up, ma'am, you gotta leave. We do own this place. I love that we get a great piece of foreshadowing here when she's like, wish I knew y'all were coming. I'd have put on my face. Yes, I wrote. I was like, I see what you did, movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clever. I, except she is definitely not Leatherface because we <laughs> see a large individual at the top of the stairs 
towering in silhouette. Yeah, he should have said, I'd have put on your face. Yeah. But oh. I was like, I looked up at that and I was just like, oh, we're not even going to try to hide that Leatherface exists in this no. place. He is there. Like, you, you're not supposed to know it's him, but you immediately know this is Leatherface. Yes. Also, I don't think I had to see that character to know that this lady was not Leatherface. One, because she's a lady, and two, because she was on oxygen. She's a lady! And was like 700 years old, so... <laughs> on oxygen, yeah. yes. Did you say on oxygen? Yes, she was okay. on oxygen. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so she is just barely hanging in there, so... She's Dante. also an absolute nightmare of a close talker. Jerry Seinfeld would hate this yeah. one. She really- yeah, she does get right up in those people's faces. But those people also, though, I uh, was like, good, I can't wait for Leatherface to kill all y'all, because those kids were just dicks right out the gate anyway, unnecessarily aggressive to this lady. Well, I understand Dante's perspective where he's just like, I bought all this. You don't live here. We've got the deeds. And but then she goes, no, I worked this out with the bank. I have the deed. And he immediately blows up and he's like, fuck you do. I'm going to get Richter. You're getting the fuck out. I'm going to get the sheriff. Sheriff, You're getting out of here. I mean, as any like common sense person who just had a massive business deal go through, just double check the T's and cross the, you know, like just double check it. Like, yeah, go check your paperwork. And that's what Melody's all like, you know, like sitting there with the lady after Dante storms out. He's like, I'm going to go with the sheriff. And she's like, look, ma'am, like, I don't want to be a dick, but you, you got to go. And she's like, no, no, my boys need me, my, my, my boys. And it's like, first off, I've only seen one person, not a boy. She oh, doesn't say my boy. She says my boy. Oh, my boy. Yeah, okay. She, she said one. my boys. <laughs> so my um, homies <laughs> need me. yo. the mature way to handle this would have been like, look, can you find the title? If you do, let us know. I mean, they're not like these people aren't, these investors aren't coming and moving in immediately. They, they, they could have given this lady a couple of hours. Yeah. And also, even if she does own the building, now you can really gentrify someone. Yeah. Like, finally, we can <laughs> gentrification. I think Dante is just really worried about the whole deal falling through. And so he's just like, he's just reacting because he's like, this has got to go perfect. But the thing is, though, you don't sell everything at once in an investment opportunity yeah. like that. So like there's going to be like a couple weeks of like auctions going on. Also, so- if your investors are coming into an abandoned town and are expecting everything to be perfect, they're not going to make it. Their their plan uh, is like, they're not going to be very successful in investing in these buildings because even if the facade looks fine, all of these buildings probably need major interior oh, none work. none of them are up to code. Yeah. None of them are up to code. Except maybe, I don't know, Remy Richter's amazing at what he does. Yeah, he fixed up the whole town. <laughs> he did. It's just, you know, it's a real blazing saddle situation. He built it overnight. But um, so Melody is like, look, I'm really sorry, but you got to go. You got to go. She's trying to be nice, but she is also kind of being a, a just, real, like, abrasive dickhead. Yeah, real hard ass to this lady who also, like, even if she was like, okay, fine, I'll go. Like, did she expect her to take, just drag her oxygen and walk off into the sunset? They weren't even giving this lady yeah. time to, like, get her shit together. But Melody freaks her out enough to where she starts having breathing problems. She's, like, she's collapsing. She's going down. And then thump, 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 thump down the stairs. Here comes large individual who we're not supposed to know as Leatherface yet. I think we're supposed to. Well, no, Mel, it's not Melody's fault. I mean, it kind of is because it's all their well, fault because they're all dicks. But Dante comes back with the sheriff and the sheriff's like, look, you need to get out of here. What are you doing? And Yeah, and, when the sheriff and the deputy are hauling her out, that's when she has a heart collapsed. attack. Yeah, because I thought I thought the sheriff also being a local person. Oh, we also forgot to say that the sheriff and the deputy pulled over these kids coming into Harlow the very first time. They're like, hey, look, you know, we understand what you guys are doing here. We know you bought it. We know what you're trying to do. But just remember, this is not it's not your way or the highway. Like you have to understand that people live around yeah. here. So who, they kind of gave him a polite warning. Who lives around there? They're, apparently those two cops are the only cops in 60 miles. We don't see any. I mean, the only other person we see is the gas station. They keep talking about these residents that I don't know who they are. 
the rats. The movie doesn't show you. Yeah, I think what we have about like six or seven residents yeah. because we have our our sheriff, our deputy. We got Richter who lives in a warehouse kind of or something. Yeah, we I'm assuming the, he squats. We have the gas station guy. We have the lady and we have Leatherface. Yeah. These are our residents. But then we got to be real respectful of the residents who are selling chainsaw merch. We're the residents. Good night. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, the least believable part is that there is no shit bar in this county. Oh, or maybe God. it's a dry county. They make their own moonshine, bro. Yeah, Don't get it twisted. Fair. Um, so, so yeah, the, the cops come and they're like, look, I thought we talked about this. You got to get out of here. So the cops did think that she was supposed to dip as well. Um, and she's like, no, this is my home. Uh. Well, to be fair, Dante thought that he had all the, the deeds and everything. Yeah. But also it's like, I mean, come on. The cops need to do their due diligence here. And honestly, if you've ever... Uh, watched someone go through an eviction process, which I hope you haven't because I feel very horribly for anyone who has gone through that process personally. It takes a really long yeah. time to actually evict someone. Even if they're just like straight up squatters, let alone if you, yeah. if they might have it. The cops don't just come in and drag you out till like a long process plays out. Pandemic changed everything, boys. I guess so. All right. Uh, so they forcefully and illegally evict this lady. Good point. Didn't even think of that. Uh, and then, yes, she has like a, a heart attack or a stroke or something. And then Melly's like, we got to call the ambulance. And the sheriff's like, we, we are, are the ambulance. Also the ambulance for this very populous county. And that's uh, when Leatherface comes down, picks, picks her, her up, up, takes her to the back of the van. And everyone at this point is kind of like lightly freaking out. Like, oh, my God, what do we do? And then Dante's Dante's girlfriend, um, Sarah. I don't don't think they ever say her name. If they do, I was like, what is Ruth? Ruth. Okay, it's Ruth. Uh, That would have been the 200th name I would have guessed. Yeah, Uh, maybe it was in the credits, but I don't think it came out of a character's mouth. Ruth is like, you and Melody have to stay here because Melody wants to go with them to the hospital. And then she's like, no, you guys got to stay here. You got to sell this shit. This is the dream. If you if you leave now, it's never going to work, which seems stupid because no one's driving all the way out to Harlow seven hours from Austin to invest in something. And if one person's not there, they're going to be like, I'm out. Well, yeah. Also, these people notably didn't even drive themselves. They brought they they rode a bus out an here. An old Greyhound bus yes. that's been like a retrofitted to be a party bus. <laughs> Which, if you're an investor and you don't eat, and you don't even want to drive to your new town, I promise you, your it's customers a, don't a want community to. thing, man. You well, go as a group. You Richter, hang out. We did skip one of my favorite scenes. Richter did call. It. He goes, "So what are y'all a cult?" And Ruth is like, well, we're just a collection of individual of- who believe in a better world. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that's a cult. Yeah, that was a pretty great yeah, line. Like- the thing is, is most of these characters are likable in some form or fashion. Really? Like, oh, see, honestly, one, of, one yes. of my notes says that this is continuing the proud tradition of insufferable protagonists yeah. in Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. A hundred percent agree. I was like, oh, I can't wait for all of y'all I mean, to get the, ch- the chainsaw. The kids are insufferable in their own right. But I'm saying like. The movie does a really good job of like immediately making you like understand and get what these characters are about. Like there's not a single character in this movie other than the sheriff at this point and maybe the the gas station clerk who I didn't understand their motives, understand why they were behaving the way they were. I think that we did a good job oh. of kind of like, well, okay, maybe not Ruth. I disagree. Because Ruth doesn't yeah. exist anywhere. But I, 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 I think these movie these characters are somehow at the same time two dimensional and completely unpredictable. Yeah, I would agree. I was like, don't understand their motivation at all. Why are they in this town? Or even at the most. What are you base- talking about? We've spent the last yeah. 20 minutes of this movie explaining that. Very Why that's thing. a very fundamental. It's an unsound business plan. But even past that, it's like a fundamental decision right here. They're like, one of us has to go with this lady. 
Why? You don't know her. Because you're a caring person. No. You want to make sure this old lady's okay. All you are, are going to be in the way. If you go to the That's ho- why we send Ruth, who's basically nobody for this script. But if you go to, a, if she, let's say she actually made it to the hospital, they're just going to be like, who are you? You're a stranger. You can't come into this lady's room. Yeah, and we honestly, they probably wouldn't have even let her come yeah. in real life. She's just going to be in you the way. You think this hospital out in the middle of BFE, Texas is going to be like, I'm sorry, man. We have very strict guidelines yes. on business. No way. HIPAA still exists in rural communities or, i mean at the very least that in yeah also moreover then they're gonna realistically if this was like in as a rule they're gonna go to a like a uh, a very small, what are they called? Those like standalone ERs. And then she's going to have to go on to another actual ambulance to go to a real city. And what is Ruth going to do? Now she's just trapped in this tiny little like ER. So in the confines of this movie <laughs> and script, I feel like we know what everyone's b- deal is. Outside of that with the HIPAA and Here's what general I know. like ER situations in, in buttfuck Texas, who knows? What I know about these characters oh, is boy. they all make poor decisions and that is the main... Uh, Sean, 152 line. episodes into a horror movie <laughs> podcast, now you're on the like, hey, uh, these people are making bad decisions train. Even by horror movie yes. standards, these people are like gold star, A plus bad decision makers. Because right, wait till we get to the bus part. That is like no, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about the characters we've introduced so far. Yeah, not talking about the bus people. The e- bus people were a whole new level of stupid that I can't even begin yes. to comprehend. But anyway, let's get this woman on the goddamn ambulance let's and get her out of here. About it. So Ruth goes with the sheriff, the deputy, Leatherface, and the old lady who I don't think ever had a name. And if she did, no. fuck it, who cares? The orphanage mother, Chester uh, Bella. Chester Bella, it is. Uh, they're in, they're driving off. At this point, Dante's like, I don't care. We got to go take care of this investment opportunity. She's an old lady. She shouldn't have been here. I don't give two shits. Wendy or Melody is like, we should probably give two shits, which was a weird turn for that character because before that, she didn't seem to care about anything but this investment. But now she's suddenly super concerned well, that's about. That's why I'm saying these characters are unpredictable, even though they're extremely Unpredictable does not mean you can't understand what they're about. Well, but okay. Yes. The thing is, Dante is one of the worst human beings ever. And Melody is just slightly less worse. She's like a 90%. Are you saying that because he's a chef? I know you have a hatred of chefs. No, I'm saying that because he <laughs> stormed into this lady's house. Orphanage. Orphanage. And house. house. She, she lives, lives there. there? She's squatting. No, it turns out she is Listen. not. Uh, so, spoiler, she does have the title. Uh, they could have turned it into a hip urban orphanage where basically they have shops downstairs <laughs> and an orphanage upstairs. Like, they're turning all these little shopping centers into yeah. here. And all those little urchins run the shop for them. There you go. Child Love labor it. does not exist in Harlow. Yeah. So, although it. her child labor is like 40 years old or 90 years old. I don't. How old is Leatherface supposed to be at this point? <sighs> Well, okay, it says it's 50 years ago. He had to have been at least in his 20s in the first one. I would say right at 20-ish. So he's 70. That's a 70-year-old man. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll dissect okay. Leatherface and... Ooh, uh, dissect. I like that choice uh, of words, sir. And his his power set. Because I, you know I'm, I'm very obsessed about power sets. I know you love, the, you love a good power set. <laughs> Melody wants to leave now. She's like... This feels wrong. We probably shouldn't do this. I want to get Lila out of here. And then Dante's like, hey, we've come this far. Don't fucking puss out on me now. And she's like, but we need to at least verify that you actually own this building. So they go back to the bus. They Where look he has the records all of his files. In a nice little plastic also, file folder. why did he have his files on the bus and not in their car that they drove in? Oh, that's a good point. Oh, that's a good point, too. Also, yes. also, why would you bring the physical title with you? That 100%. is very dangerous. 
dangerous. Yeah, that should be in like your safe deposit box. Yeah, or you bring you uh, copies. Yeah, this all happens through DocuSign well, now. Also, <laughs> about, I was about to say, just pull it up on your phone, bro. Yeah, like, but of course, that old lady made me be like, "That's magic. I don't trust <laughs> that at all." But anyway, she had the title. So basically, at the same time as the woman's being carried out in the ambulance, the bus of investors shows up. the The young millennial gentrifying kids show up to basically like buy up this town. So the bus is here. <laughs> Stop calling them millennials. They are too they're young to be millennials. They are. We're, no, we're I think they're believe, still millennials. We're, we're supposed to believe the millennials and the, the general like millennials are young in bad terms. I don't actually think that. I'm just saying in the movie, we're supposed to think. The that. movie definitely thinks If you think millennial, so I feel like all these people are supposed to be in their early 20s, right? Which means they really would be born here. like in late 90s, early 2000s. That's all Gen Z. I... I thought that they were like late 20s, early 30s. Okay. I, I agree. I, I, I'm i not arguing with that, but I'm saying the movie wants us to believe that the, the you know, like right. when old Republicans are like, millennials are the reason cancel culture exists. You can millennials call are the reason the economy's bad. I got you covered. Just call them youngins. Jesus the youngins Christ. are I'll coming in. The youngins are coming in. <laughs> the youths. Okay. The, youths. the youths. Did you say youths? Yeah, two youths. So the youths arrive in the bus at the same time the woman's being taken out. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was the longest way to get to this. All right, the millennials are arriving. Y'all are there you really go. obsessed with this millennials. <laughs> the millennials thing. are coming. The millennials, the millennials are coming. That's what I'm saying, though. This movie, that's the weirdest thing for me in this movie, though, is that, like, they spend so much time, like, just really painting that whole, like, what's the word where you something's not real, but you, like, paint it to be that way? A straw man. They are yeah. trying to well, make a straw man argument against millennials. Yes, yeah. well, a broad generalization. You know, like, millennials are the catch-all term for, yeah. like, the young kids are the problem, and the young kids are the reason we you can't have these kind of safe toys anymore you know like it's that kind of thing so that when i say millennials, millennials killed lawn darts yeah that's right millennials not, again yes i'm not trying to like pin us down and exactly All right, who and what fine. are millennials but Continue the movie wants us to them. believe this so they're busting in the millennials to ruin another business there you and, go goddamn kids uh, millennials are ruining the ghost town industry. yes yes and, so and they do the auction because i, I well, haven't well, before this before this they go on the bus he finds out that he doesn't actually have the deed they, to they don't they do the auction first because my next note is they're selling a building and uh, Melody goes, all right, sold to so-and-so from so-and-so's brunch. I love brunch. That's great. Brady's brunch. Brady's brunch. <laughs> Buys I a love place. brunch. Yeah. Yeah. I missed that line because I tuned that shit out. That's I was great. Like, <laughs> That's what she says. I was like, fucking. I mean, I, I do love brunch, but yeah. you know what? I'd never say that except I just said it. Yeah. Shit, guys, I gotta go. Well, the thing is that everyone loves brunch. The lines for brunch are so long that I'm anti-brunch. I brunch at home. I'm a home bruncher. <laughs> This is what happens when you bring two millennials onto the podcast audience. I apologize. It'll never happen again. Mark, come back. <laughs> Mark, come back to the farm. Jimmy Dean, oh, Jimmy Dean. I bet Mark's um, a home bruncher. Mark, when you call in, let us know about your brunch situation. Yeah. You know what? We're going to go Mark right now. Mark, how do you feel about brunch? Well, Garrett, I'm glad you asked. I think that breakfast should be enjoyed at any time of the day lunch, breakfast, or dinner, so I'm a big fan of brunch. I don't like saying brunch, though. I also am a fan of proper. That's right, breakfast supper, because breakfast tacos are my favorite food of all time. I could eat them morning, noon, and night if only my heart wouldn't give out. So you know what else you can do at brunch? It's an excuse to drink during the day, and who doesn't like that? Two thumbs up for brunch. And now back to you. So on the ambulance van that's driving away with the old woman and Leatherface, the deputy, the sheriff, 
and Ruth. Yes. Out of nowhere, the woman grabs Leatherface's hand and says, whatever you do, don't go in my room. Weird thing to say is you're yes. dying breath, but she says, don't go in my room. I thought that was going to pay off. Guess what doesn't pay off? Yeah. That. That is not a Chekhov's last words. It is just a regular. Nope. Uh, and we also show these sheriffs, terrible paramedics, because... They don't put her on oxygen until Leatherface they're does. They're sheriffs, bro. They're not paramedics. This town's lucky to have a running vehicle, okay? okay? It, I feel like sheriffs should at least have basic EMT training. Yeah. Or common sense. Hey, this lady's having trouble breathing, and there's an oxygen like tank right here. Can't hurt. I feel like these sheriffs are basically like, we need someone to come out and check old man Johnson's farm. I guess I'll do it. Guess what? You're a sheriff now. Like <laughs> this is the, this is the training they've had. All right. It's congratulations. You've been deputized. Yeah. There you go. Regulators mount up. So anyway, the old woman starts convulsing. She's got it. Leatherface being the smartest of all the people in yes. this vehicle, grabs the oxygen, puts it on her face, is trying to like get her to breathe. He's hitting the pole that the oxygen tank's on. Bless his heart. He's doing his best, but the pole has nothing to do with the oxygen tank, sir. So she dies. Boom. She's done. Yeah. That's it. It's a sad, sad moment that we gloss over instantly because <laughs> the deputy goes, uh, Sheriff, she croaked. Yeah. The most insensitive way to say that someone just died in front of like a loved one. And out of nowhere, he reaches out because Leatherface is kind of freaking at this point. He reaches out, grabs Leatherface's hands and is like, hey, calm down, bud. And then we get our first kill of the movie. It's like astonishingly good. This is such a rad kill. So he grabs the deputy's hand, breaks it, his forearm in half. So the bones are sticking out like like two little spikes. Mm -hmm. He takes that, jams it into the deputy's neck. So the, neck, the deputy has stabbed his own neck with his arm bones. <sighs> You, you see this all in its glory yeah. detail. Ruth is kind of like freaking out now. She's like, what the shit? And I don't remember what happens, but well, the sheriff he takes gets the deputy's gun. Okay. Right. And then shoots the sheriff like through the neck or something. Well, well I think the deputy, he had gotten his gun out. Yeah. I thought the deputy accidentally shot. And the gun. yeah. And then they're in the struggle. The deputy shoots the sheriff okay. through the neck, though. That is true. Um, and so the sheriff loses control, crashes into farm equipment. My second favorite scene in the movie is about to come up too is where Leatherface just pops up out of that fucking sunflower field that's also the stock image they use on Netflix and it is the stupidest <laughs> it reminds me of the toys cover with Robin Williams yeah it's like, why, in that field. why would they film this it is insane but anyway the van yeah. drives off the road and smashes into a giant tractor that's been sitting in the sunflowers See, I almost said sunflower seed, the sunflower field, field yeah which I guess Harlow's known for its sunflowers because there's a poem that Lie, or that uh, Melody sings at the beginning to one of the sheriffs. She's like, we're from here, which I thought was going to mean that Melody and Lila were related to one of the um, nope. chainsaw family members. Would have been cool, but nope. no. Another doesn't pay well, off at all. Actually, their grandfather was a chainsaw. <laughs> the saw is family. <laughs> Long line of chainsaw families. Uh, the real question is, what is a tractor doing in a field of sunflowers? You don't harvest sunflowers. You got to scoop up all the little seeds, but bro. Doesn't matter. You got to scoop up the seeds uh, to get sunflower seeds. Oh, maybe, maybe. You know what? I don't think that's how they get sunflower seeds. Well, but they're I'm all, say they're yes. all in the bulbs, so they basically kind of like harvest the bulbs, and they're all there in a, like a little thing, and then they shake them out and shit. Like Guys, I don't know. The I exact. have a confession to make. I really don't know that much about sunflower agriculture. Yeah, me yeah. either. I can't say that you're wrong. It feels wrong, but I'm going to say well, that you're you know, right. You know, sunflower is the big orange I'm, center. I'm familiar. That's all the seeds just mashed yeah. together. So what they do is when they harvest those and stuff like that, they basically cut the stalks and they basically take those things and they just kind of shake it. Or I don't hmm. know exactly how they do it, but I think they shake it furiously and all the <laughs> seeds come off. Makes sense. All right. And so. then they kind of basically end up in a little bag and then you kind of go through and then... 
and you eat them. They roast yeah. them, put some barbecue flavor on there. Sure, there you go. All right, so whatever, I take, whatever your pleasure is. I take it back. Tractor makes sense. So yes. then it, they crash. Then it cuts back to Harlow. Arlo, Harlow, it's age, Harlow. right? Harlow. Uh, he goes Arlo. Arlo. <laughs> like that HBO show, Arlo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they cuts back to Harlow, and Melody and Lila end up having a fight a little earlier. It's irrelevant, but basically, Melody's like, You are useless. You need me. And, Ly- and uh, Lila's like, uh, I'm not. Uh, so she storms off. Well, she kind of feels that way. Lila actually does. She's like, Everyone thinks I can't do anything and I can't be on my own. Well, and but I she's honestly. She's mad because Melody struck a nerve. Yeah. Yes. So but she, she storms off. She also feels like she's got survivor's guilt. Right. Big and time. And PTSD. Which is like the, I think one of the few things they did well in this movie is they covered that pretty well. But she storms off and, and finds Richter. And so Richter is just, you know, being a Texan, cleaning his guns or whatever the hell he's doing. I think he's working on his truck with a gun laying out in the open on the workbench. Yes. Uh, loaded at An the time. AR-15. Yeah. So this is just classic Texan yeah, behavior. Yeah. Poor gun safety. Uh, so 100% accurate. Uh, Except he does when he picks it up to show her the gun. He does take the clip out, look at the clip, make sure there's bullets in well, it. Yes. Then he actually checks the chamber. So this movie actually did a really good job of showing that like the Texans, the bad, evil Texans that we always think of like as the stereotypical Texans aren't necessarily well, as evil and fucked up as you well, think. This movie is super pro-gun. Yeah. Oh, very pro. Big if time. you have a problem, get a gun. Yes. Uh, which, you know, uh, obviously that is what America is all about. Do you have trauma from gun violence? Get a gun. Yeah. Yes. That's, you know, what? Um, one of my notes in the, like later on is basically is like, you know, the only way to get over gun violence is to get a gun. Yeah. More gun <laughs> violence. But it gets its hit or miss, right? Because it's bad gun safety to just leave a loaded gun laying on a counter. That's good, a good point. Good gun safety to check the chamber before you hand it off to somebody. That is true. Which is good because then she does press the trigger. Uh, so bad gun safety on the young millennial. It's time for another good idea, bad idea. So, yes, she sees the AR-15 and, and he's like... Have you, ever, have you ever held a gun before? Yes. And she goes, no, but I've been shot by one. And I was like, oh, poor Richter. He goes, drunk dad. I was like, oh, you're speaking from your own trauma there, buddy. I can tell. Look, he said that and I was like, I probably would have gone to the same place. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, no, I'm from, you know, I survived Stonebrook, whatever. And he's like, yeah, that's pretty mm-hmm. tough. And he's like, you want to hold it? <laughs> I thought he was going to say something dumb like, if y'all had guns, that wouldn't have happened. And I was like, please don't go with that messaging in this movie. They didn't, fortunately. Uh, so like Garrett said, he empties the gun um, and hands it to her. And then she has like a flashback and we see her um, and then she pulls the trigger and it like brings her back into reality. And then we cut back to the van. Right. And this is where we see Leatherface out in a field doing something with the dead body of his orphanage mom. And we all know what it is. He's cutting the face off this woman. Yeah. So like Ruth wakes up and she like sees him through the rear view mirror or side view mirror rather. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good scene. The, the film, yeah. the cinematography is pretty good in this, this movie. This movie is gorgeous as far as lighting and atmosphere. Yeah. It re- that's what really bugged me about the fact that it was like, and it was paced really well too. Like yes. this movie is very competently made. Shouts Agreed. out to all the people who worked on this. The story is where it falls kind of weak. But yeah, so he's out there cutting the face off uh, his mom and then he drags her off to the behind the van that we don't get to see what he's doing with the, the body at this point. But at this same exact moment, the sheriff starts to come too from the crash and he's making yeah. some noise and he's well, like... 
so Ruth, this is important, otherwise I would just skip it, but Ruth does see the radio, and she calls in, and she's like, I crashed uh, the oh, sheriff. Oh, is that before the, the yeah, sheriff before wakes that, up? Okay. He cuts off the face, he holds it up to like the light, and then he puts her face great on. Great shot, too. Yeah, super great. And so she's like, he's wearing her face. Because once, sher- once the sheriff wakes up, they get all die very quick. And, you know, Leatherface is a great craftsman here, because that face fits him extremely well. Like, did he make some, like ear loops from skin because it just like snaps right yeah. on there. Yeah, he makes little ear loops from skin. And I know that like skin is real stretchy but like... It's versatile. I was, yeah, I was impressed. Check out my socks, you guys. That's human skin right there. <laughs> you gotta think all the wrinkles too, right? He flattens those out. Gives mm-hmm, you a lot more mm-hmm. surface area for his yeah. big ass head. It makes you look younger. Yeah. I mean, honestly, why are we not all wearing human skin? Great question. That's I mean, the I question. am wearing human skin. <laughs> yeah. I, guess, I, I grew it myself. <laughs> I meant real human skin. Okay. Uh, <laughs> far as I know, that's a good... I think we all have one set. What Garrett's saying is we need a second set. You need set. a backup. You, yeah. need, you need a backup set of human and skin. And that's why here at Grave Talk, we are offering second skin. Are you sick of your first skin? Don't worry. I'm going to tuck and dance any moment now. Um, GraveTalk.com <laughs> slash shop. Second skin. <laughs> second skin. Uh, skin suits. Yeah. But to be fair, though... Like, even if that skin is stretchy, as you said, and he cuts the ear holes, if you ever tried to wear a shitty paper mask or like even like a plastic bag around your ears, that shit is not tight. And old person skin is very papery. Yeah. Oh, OK. And think, But think about the breathing. Like, you know, remember like those shitty plastic masks you had From as a Halloween? Kid? Yeah. Like they were just With so, the tongue slit? Do you yeah. think it made a tongue slit? What I mean, do you think the inside of a face smells like? Uh, peaches and cream. I'm going to guess like ass. Also, I'm going to say. You um, always go with ass. Well, you that's because everything you ask, we ask about smells bad. A, so a tongue slit is is called a mouth. <laughs> yeah. It comes it comes pre-installed <laughs> on a face. Anyway. Uh so she calls and and it goes to the gas station and the gas station guy's like, I need to be maximally unhelpful. So he calls Sally. All right. And she's like gutting a pig. Wait, does he call Sally? Yeah. Yeah, that's how okay. Sally finds out. Cause yeah, because the woman is like Ruth is like heavily breathing into the CB, and I have a note that's like, please don't heavily breathe into a CB if you're a woman. You are gonna basically get some unwanted responses well, in yeah, return. At first, it looked like he was just gonna ignore her which like okay what a prick but anyway but then she says he's wearing her face and he's like oh i know who needs to handle this and then he calls sally and we get incompetent our- texas ranger <laughs> yes and we get our sally introduction where she's They're just called texas rangers <laughs> yeah incompetent uh, it's always implied uh he's gotten her and uh, gotten a pig and she doesn't even wash your hands. She just picks up her phone. Don't do that. So, Gross. Yeah. She, so we cut the Sally gut in the pig. Yeah. And the thing is, though, is I thought that was Leatherface cutting a body. And I was like, oh, wow, we just smash cut to him, like just oh. killing people. And I was like, he's got his own little like place set up outside of town. But no, it was Sally. Butchering a swan. Yeah, butchering. I was a dissecting. Um, butchering a pig. And she looks just like old Lori Strode. Yep. Like they didn't even try to make Pathetic. her different than um, Lori Strode from Halloween and Halloween Kills. And I just could not get the image of this actor out of my head from Mandy because I mean it's the same person but I was just like okay now she's gonna stab someone with a wasp okay let's move (laughs) along but yeah I just I couldn't unsee that because that character is so much more vivid than this one (laughs) Laurie Strode doesn't wear a cowboy hat so big difference this is I know when they put her in the cowboy (laughs) hat outfit I was just like oh boy you know what Laurie Strode would look definitely she should should consider that there's nothing she can't pull off that's just yeah that's factual Uh, so she gets her guns uh, uh, all, no, Sally, grab your guns. Yeah, yeah. She gets her old duffel bag of guns, uh, and off she goes. Yeah, she only uses one. Yes. in the entirety of this movie. Wait, did 
Okay. I missed that. I thought she only had one gun with her and the duffel bag was just full of stuff. Oh, um, maybe it's true. They didn't say it was full of guns, but I assumed if you're going to bring a duffel bag, it would be with I thought arms. it would have been a lot heavier if it was full of guns. I just figured it had like you an extra, change of clothes? extra pair of sweats or something. <laughs> yeah. It's her post-murder celebration uh, duffel bag. It's just, a, it's just a duffel bag full of other cowboy hats. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never be without one. That's I'm a Texas it. Ranger. So, yeah, so she basically is like, it's time for vengeance yeah. and gets in her car or it's, truck. I mean, it's so Halloween. He's like, he's back. I've waited 50 years for this. Like, oh, no, you Evil haven't. dies tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Like, no, you haven't. Uh, then we cut back to the, the town. Well, yeah. Okay, let's do the van. And then we got to come back, cut back to Harlow where they find out that the deed's not there. Right. So yes. we cut back to the van. So the, uh, like Garrett said, the, the crashed sh- van, the crashed van, the sheriff wakes up very loudly because he's like gasping for air. Fair enough. That gets Leatherface's attention. Uh, so he comes over and just like hammers the sheriff to Smashes death. Smashes him with, is he using the oxygen tank for this? Yes. He smashes ah. him in the face with the oxygen tank, pulls him out of the, the, the van. And then at this point, just goes to town, just like smashing this dude's head into like from from circular to flat. Yeah, and it is. It is grody. It is like heavy mm. duty grody. And you see the whole thing. I mean, this the gore effects are amazing in yep. this film. We also get another one of these later on we with the hammer. In this. Uh, so then he goes back to Ruth. So Ruth is trying to play dead. Which well, I'm yeah, like, Ruth I plays dead. Get but doesn't work. She abandons that plan too quickly, though. Oh, you think that's what it was? I think so. I think if she had played dead the whole time, she would have been okay. I agree. I agree. She's trying to escape, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then he like snatches her back. She waits maybe like what? Maybe two minutes. Let's be realistic. She gives it maybe like two minutes of like playing possum. And then she's like, I'm going to climb over the seat out the way that the Mm. out the way the sheriff was. And and she knows that Leatherface is still in the vicinity. It doesn't seem like he's left. She can hear him. Yeah. So I think it's he did. She did the worst option, right? She either should have left while he was busy smashing, then he wouldn't have heard her, or waited longer. Exactly. Yeah, she waited till he was uh, pretty much done, back at full Leatherface attention. Shout out to Leatherface's cardio. That dude can go for hours and yeah. not get tired. Look, we'll talk about yes. the power set later. Let's uh, wait till we get to the power set. So he uh, he grabs her, drags her back, chokes her, puts her, puts her back in her passenger seat, yeah. chokes her out, and then takes a piece of glass. From the crash or a piece of metal. And yeah. gives her a very much non-fatal abdominal wound from which she promptly expires. Well, he yes. cuts across her whole stomach. So I would say fatal mm. without immediate attention, but she would not die immediately she died like she instantly. did. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's what you're saying. I, I realize what you're yeah. saying on that. But like, yeah, she's like, well, my stomach's cut open. Time to die. She lost the will to live, Garrett. But you, you pointed that out when we were watching it. Yeah. You were just like, she would not die this no. quick from it. And I was like. Huh, you're right. She would at least be in agony for at least 30 minutes. If I learned anything from Reservoir Dogs, you you live a very long time with an abdominal wound. And this was not even on the level of a gunshot. Like, yes, she didn't have enough abdominal fat on her for it to not touch any internal organs. But if she had had medical attention within, I would say, even maybe an hour or two. This is my Uh, non-medical opinion. But... But she would have bled out by then just because that's a, that's a lot of open wound. That's a lot of like, especially if your 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 guts are cut open and her guts were cut. You could see the, the intestines True. being cut. But again, either way, she dies like immediately. She's probably just like Mark, about time. You want to chime in on this? How long do you think she had? Um, well, I would say that she would probably last a couple of hours, depending how much the blood is actually flowing. So I would chime in and say probably anywhere between 30 minutes to a couple of hours. So then it cuts back to the town. 
The and, town of Harlow. And we get a, we see a text message where Ruth had sent the message, like, the old lady died, ellipsis, exclamation point. Uh, okay, that's one way to put it. That's a great set of punctuation, because <laughs> I picture trailing off and then making a surprise face. <laughs> uh, and so Melody's all upset. She goes to find her sister. Um, yeah, at this point, she's like, we're leaving. This doesn't feel right, right. anymore. I'm getting Lila out of here. Sure, she first. goes and gets Lila from Richter's shack or garage. Yeah. And so she walks in and Richter's just being Richter. Richter's just, sitting on a bed, lighting up a cigarette. Then out of the bathroom comes Lila smoking a cigarette. Now, based off movie logic, what we're supposed to assume is they fucked. So Melody apparently thinks Lila is just DTF like in an hour because uh, she's like, with him, really? Uh, and turns out they didn't fuck. Lila yeah, just went she, to the bathroom. She was like, she's like, I didn't do anything. I'm just smoking a cigarette and hanging around with guns with a random hillbilly yeah. on uh, a bed. I so. didn't do anything yet. Uh, do you think she would have fucked Richter? I mean, they were they seem to be bonding. Let's go, to the, let's go to the resident DTF girl on the, the podcast. <laughs> let's, go, let's go to the resident hoe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, based off what you saw, did it did it appear that they had sex? I mean, I hope not because I'm not convinced this woman is an adult. Yeah, the age gap would have been Well, she said dramatic. she was out of high school, so I, I would at least assume 18. I graduated at 17. Uh-oh. Yeah, but, okay, so... The age of consent in Nevada is 16. Well, there we go. But maybe this is just me getting older, but even at 18, it feels wrong. Oh, it's so because Richter is in his mid thirties, early forties, yeah. yeah. But let's be honest: how much options does Richter really have in this area? I'm sure he's like, "Show me your ID, we're good." Like, let's <laughs> yeah. just go. Just because it's legal doesn't make it right, you know. I, I agree, <laughs> but I'm just saying. Okay. Well, but, Melody pulls Lila. Yeah. Like, we're getting out of here, and she's like, "At what point are you gonna let me to live my life? I'm not a kid anymore." Blah blah but, blah blah blah. Melody tells her the old lady died, and Richter overhears this. Uh, so they, they're like, we are leaving right now. So they storm off to the to the bus, uh, and Richter apparently sprints because he gets there right as they do, and they're like, he well, steals they, they their check, keys. They check the they check the the deed thing first, and no, then he, he steals, steals the, key. the keys because he asks them. He says, I will give these back to you when, when you show me when you show me the deed. Oh yeah yeah yeah, you're right. Uh, so he takes the key, the Tesla keys, and the bus. Also, keys. how do you not have your keys on you? Why would you leave the keys in any ignition? Well, Dante ever? had. I know, but I'm just saying in the bus, they had the keys in the ignition. It's like, yo, people never leave keys in an ignition ever. Yes, I would totally agree with that. Also, do you have to have keys to start a Tesla? Aren't they like? Yes. (laughs) I mean, you have to have at least like a fob or something. Yeah, it's not like like an old school key. It's a push Okay, okay. I know nothing about Teslas. They have a crank starter on the front. (laughs) I also thought they needed gas, so clearly I don't know shit about Teslas. Um, You got to give them a push starter from the top of a hill. Now, to be fair, I have (laughs) no problem. I have no problem with what Richter did here. Uh, I do. He's just stole two cars. No, no, no. he bus. didn't steal cars. He basically said, you came into this place. You fucked with an old lady that you didn't know for certain that you should have been fucking with. I need proof that this shit that you didn't just fucking like make this lady like croak. who make Richter the fucking uh, guardian of the, the town bank and Dante. <laughs> but also like my issue here, He's like the dark night he of Harlow kidnapped a bunch of people is what he did. No, if he you bring kidnap. some, if you take someone's ability to leave away, you have kidnapped Look, them. the sheriff and the deputy are dead. There's no law left in this town, okay? He is the law. But, like, also, even though, yes, she had a heart attack at the time, what's to say she wasn't about to have a heart attack in 20 minutes 
anyway. That's true. That's Dante's logic. He says, yeah. we didn't kill her. Heart disease killed her. That's kind of, I'm kind of with Dante on this. Dante's yeah. an asshole, but I'm kind of with him on this uh, one. Yeah. I mean, she was, she didn't look like she was in peak physical condition. No, she looked like she was about ready to keel over and yeah. they just, you know, like cranked the egg yeah. timer a little closer to zero. That thunderstorm that comes in could okay, have done we'll, it. We'll talk, we'll talk about the thunderstorm in just a second, but I totally missed the chance to say, like I have another that says, he just defaced her corpse. I forgot to mention that oh. when like, her face was cutting the old lady's face off. I'd like to take his his face off. So Dante's like, no problem. Let's go on the bus. That's where I keep all of the actual titles. That's um, where I keep all of my important paperwork. Yes, on a bus. And he goes through and he's got him, you know, in like a, an accordion folder. Um, and oh shit, he can't find it. He's like, oh, it must still be in well, Austin. The one slot for orphanage is empty. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, bro, you should have noticed that right <laughs> away. Uh, and he's like, oh, it must be in, in Austin because some of the deeds took longer to get here. So I only brought a random collection Well, I guess of them. he would keep them with them because at the auction you would sign it over at that you'd point. go back to austin in your office yeah you sign. need a notary it's for seven that hours shit. away bro yeah. you're not driving do you <laughs> think the bus driver is also a notary yeah maybe that's oh it. that would make good uh, sense yeah you can't just like give someone a deed and be like yeah it's yours now you have to sign that over but anyway and pay taxes on these sales like it's a whole thing uh you don't just like go to an auction and walk out it's a gentleman's a agreement uh, i hadn't shaken a smile there you go i mean you're right you know what the cops are dead no laws there is no <laughs> law in harlow anymore all right anything uh, goes I love Dante's response, though, when he realizes it's missing, though. Like, his face is like this kind of panic, and then yes. he does a really good job of conveying the, oh, shit. But he wants, he's trying to make excuses with his voice, but his face tells a very... Shout out to the actors in this. I feel like everyone did a very, very good or, at minimum, competent job... I agree. ...of uh, conveying their emotions, their feelings. No one seemed to ruin it with their acting in any form of fashion. Yeah, this scene really took me back to the time I was at the <clears> grocery <throat> store, and I was in the checkout, and I realized I didn't have my wallet. <laughs> You were feeling that. Yeah. You were feeling just that. felt my stomach drop. Quick question, though. What do you do in that situation? Do you say, can you hold my groceries and go get it? Or do you basically go like, I got to go put all oh, this no, back? At H-E-B, they're just like, oh, no, we'll ring it all up. Here's the receipt. We'll leave it right here. Run and get your wallet. And then you can just uh, scan the receipt at the customer service desk and pay for it there. What? That's right. H-E-B way. Yeah. That's great. Fucking H-E-B. It was extremely convenient, especially because I live like five minutes from the grocery store. Evidently, but. you can also forget your wallet and they can take a picture of you can send a picture of your card. And they can actually type it in manually. Like, evidently, that's something mm. they can do. Uh, H-E-B, God, is there anything they won't do for us? They're so great. Honestly, H-E-B is the reason I come, the Come pandemic. to Texas. We've got H-E-B. <laughs> it's true. We've also got a lot of gun violence and Leatherface killers, but we've got H-E-B. It balances out. It's a mixed bag, but you know what? Where isn't? Yeah. Can't have rainbows without the rain, right? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the rain, nice segue, John. Uh, thank you. On well, the horizon, we see a very, very dark storm rolling in out of nowhere. While the auction's still going on. Yeah, you could tell, like, oh, shit. Storm storm is coming because it's, like, West Texas and, like, the Great Plains. is It's, it's whatever the plot needs Look, it to be. Look, if you don't like the weather in Texas, stick around for five minutes and it'll change. <laughs> I hate that fucking yeah, saying. Yeah, and it's also not that accurate in the realist. Like, I've lived some places where it is. And also, that saying exists in every state, <laughs> yeah, and say, every state thinks it's theirs. Yes, yeah. it's so dumb. Uh, <laughs> you don't like the weather on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Some aliens like, you assholes, we invented that. Yeah. You don't like Earth, wait a couple billion years. That's it. Uh, sun's getting bigger, so. <laughs> this is, Mark, you gotta come back, man. It's descended into madness here. So Lila's like, look, if we, if we have the title, then it can't be in the house. And they're like, fucking way to go, Nancy Drew. So uh, so they're like, we, but now, also you can't prove a negative. So the only thing they would be able to say if they didn't find it in the house is, we couldn't find it. Right. Not that it's not there. It's worth a shot, though. Because they're trapped. And they 
also, why wouldn't you want to dig through an old lady's orphanage after she died? There's gotta be like some cool. There's there. gonna be some cool shit in there. Yeah, you know what? Thinking this through now, the reason she tells Leatherface to stay no to stay out of her room is because that's where the chainsaw is when it's in the wall. But okay, okay. Oh, but anyway, God. we'll okay, get there. No, yeah, we gotta we gotta talk about so, that because I have so many problems. With Melody that. and Dante are like, okay, we're gonna go find it. This house is huge, but the two of us can do it. Lila, for no reason, you stay on the bus. You are not allowed to come. Sit down. Uh, so off they go to the house. Now they look for the title and they find it like instantly. They, like they go right minutes. to the, the music box or whatever it is, and, and uh, Melody opens it up and she's like, Shazam! <laughs> there it is. Ridiculous. Uh, so uh, now the, they hear a noise though at this right. point. So some, the guess Leatherface like jogged back in to town. Again, that cardio is amazing Astonishing. with this dude. Astonishing. So, and he's in the house now. Leatherface in the house. Yeah. So Dante is downstairs looking around. Melody is upstairs looking in the uh, the old lady's room and that's where she finds, she opens it up, she sees loose Q-tips, a hair a hairbrush, then she finds the, uh, the deed and she's like, oh my God, we're in the wrong. And then she yells out for Dante. Dante's downstairs in the kitchen and he's like kind of Looking in the kitchen for the deed, what a fucking dumb choice. Well, he's the guy who also keeps him on a bus, so he's like, you know what? This kitchen this makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's a chef. Maybe that's his right. natural habitat. Sometimes people like to hide important things in the freezer. Oh, okay. I'm gonna look in your freezer. I'm gonna find You're my gonna find titles. I'm gonna find my Christmas <laughs> presents and a bunch of documents and a whole lot of waffles. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's he's in there and he hears a noise behind him and he like looks up and in the reflection of a pot that's hanging, he sees Leatherface. That behind was a pretty him. good shot. Very creepy, very yeah. impactful. And then he turns around and Leatherface at this point just, I don't know if he grabs him or throws him, but he chunks him across the room at this point. And then Leatherface walks over, grabs a meat cleaver. Yep. As Dante stands up to go away, meat cleaved, which it looked like you see from behind, like you're looking at the back of Dante and you see the meat cleaver bit slashed across the front. I thought he slashed his throat open. Me too. So did I. Because he falls on the floor and starts bleeding. And one thing I did like is they have this like swinging door. And mm-hmm. each time it swings open, you see Leatherface fucking him up a little more. That was a very, very cool, like, visual. So Dante is bleeding, what we, we would assume is officially bleeding out on the floor. Because yes. if it's a neck wound, that dude's definitely bleeding out in like a minute or I mean, two. Once we see his wound, he also should have bled out. But it's anyway. so much cooler. I don't I, think he would have bled out. No, I think I think that's a really survivable wound. Yes. And yeah. I yeah. For hours? Okay, yeah. when we get there. Yeah, we'll yeah, get we'll get there in just a second. So okay. at this point, Melody's like, Dante? And yes. she's going to go look and see what's going on. And um, that's exactly what she sounds like, too. Is that a recording? I, you know, I practiced this all week just to make sure I was ready for this. It's like coming in um, stereo. Astonishing. <laughs> We've got Leatherface live in the studio with Melody. Um, so I would love if Leatherface sounded like Rhett Butler from Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Um, so at this point, she's like. Oh my God, what is that? And she hears Leatherface walking up the stairs. So Leatherface is upstairs with Melody at this point. Yes. And they're like, "Uh uh-oh, what do I do? So she's going to escape. She's going to get past Leatherface, who has now gone into the old lady's room. But earlier in the movie, we saw her step on these floorboards and it creaked. So to avoid creaking the floorboard, she's going to climb over the stairway. We skipped a bunch of stuff here because she's hiding under the bed and then Richter comes in. So Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I I, I forgot the order She goes to find Dante. She sees Dante dead. She sees Leatherface. She runs back upstairs yep. into the old lady's room. So she very wisely hides under the bed. Well, she, to be fair, though, I, we, we give movie people a lot of shit for this, where they, like, run upstairs away from the danger instead of trying to, like, fucking Allen Iverson, like, fake out and break the ankles of the killer. 
honestly, I don't blame people for running the opposite way of trouble. Like, even though it's yeah. upstairs and it's the worst idea ever, it's still one of those things where, like, you're not going to be like, I think I can outmaneuver. Well, them. it's all about context, right? And, like, in the context of, yes, the the monster figure is between you and the front door, it makes sense. It is when they pass the front door unobstructed yes, to run true. some upstairs where it makes no sense. <laughs> I'll come back for you later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in this case, yeah, it made sense. She goes back upstairs. She hides under the bed. Leatherface doesn't know she's there. And was uh, it you, Alex, that pointed out when we were watching this that her feet were just hanging out the side of the bed? Like, her feet were still fully illuminated <laughs> because this bed is really high off the ground. So by that logic, because the angle of his eyes would be similar to the angle that the light is being cast, he would 100% have been able to see her under there. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Well, another plot hole. Uh, but somehow she uh, does not. Uh, Maybe the extra face is messing with his peripherals. Oh, yeah. Or or he has T-Rex vision. As long as she's staying still, he can't see her. Maybe he just thought it was a pair of shoes. Yeah, that's it. You know, oh, there's my orphanage mom's weird mannequin doll under her bed. Well, he goes and sits down. And applies like, at her. Makeup. Uh, and like the worst apply. Like, he just takes a handful of it and just smears <laughs> it up his cheek. And it's like, oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like Homer Simpson makeup gun style. <laughs> After he applies his makeup, he goes and gets his chainsaw. She says, don't go in my room. Yes. And I guess we're to assume don't go in the room because the chainsaw exists. That's my in there. only like it's a tenuous link, but that's the only that's thing I can think of. That's my assumption yeah. as well. Well, she says also one thing we forgot to say. She says continue to be a good boy. Yes. Like so, basically, I guess the the assumption is we're supposed to say that like when he got into the orphanage, she basically told him like you don't have to be a psycho deranged killer. Just be a good boy. You don't need that. You don't need your toys anymore. You're okay. Once she croaked, boom set him back off into the old school mode. But like he goes in the room and starts tearing open the wall. And we're like, what the fuck is this all about? I had no idea what he was doing at first, but he pulls the chainsaw out of the wall, which means a who put it in the wall. The old lady. Yes. Why didn't that's, they just there you throw go. it in the trash? <laughs> Great question. Take it to the pawn shop. Yeah. Did you see uh, there's no Lowe's or anything? So if they had to do actual chainsawing, they're like, we better keep this it's for non-murderous chainsawing. It's like the drunk yes. drawer. You, you never know when you're going to need those extra paper clips. There's so. nothing worse than needing a chainsaw and not having one. Sometimes a tree falls across your driveway. Yep. But there's a whole town. Go put it somewhere else. Don't put it in the wall of your room, which was so weird. I was like, so someone had to put it in the wall. Someone had to stucco up the wall. Someone had to re-wallpaper the wall. Yeah. And then, and it was it the old lady? Like, and also, he knew right where it was. Again, like, maybe don't tell him. All, yeah, that would probably, all, <laughs> That's like true. when you, like, hide the porn magazines in your house. And it's like, don't go in that chest by the end of the bed. You're like, I know what the porn magazines That's are, That's like when bro. people We're come going. over to my house and I'm like, don't look in my freezer. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Whatever documents do. and waffles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yes, he gets his chainsaw. Bada bing, bada boom. Leatherface has his baby back. And he is ready to roll. Ready to go. So then it cuts all, to... All gassed up and everything. Yes. Right, right naturally. And gas, gas does not go bad. Never. Yes. Well, I assume every couple of months, she knocked down the wall, <laughs> put some gas stabilizer in it, re-plastered it. It was a whole thing. That's that John headcanon for you yeah. right well, there. Well, if you go in the next room and open like the medicine cabinet, the chainsaw's just right there. Uh, so I don't even know what you must be pour gas into. <laughs> yes. Hey, Mark here cutting in. I got something to say about this. Sometimes people hide the murder weapon, right? So if this is a situation where Leatherface was hiding the murder weapon from the killings in the 70s, like you would say a gun to match the bullet, are we thinking here that chainsaw teeth leave a specific mark that anyone could find out? Yep, that goes to the John Deere 
89 model. I don't think so. I don't know why he put that in the wall. Anyway, back to you. Um, so, yes, he's got his chainsaw. And at this point is Dante is now up and about. Right. He walks out of the house. And I was like, I was confused. I was like, how the hell? If your neck got cleaved, you are dead, bro. And you we, bled out. We only see it from behind. So you don't, you haven't, you haven't, we haven't seen and his it injury yet. it is full yet. on raining now in this town. Yes. So every, all the investors are on the bus having a party bus moment. Yep. Richter walks out of his shack and he's like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, why, why are you in that house? Even though this man is clearly covered in blood. I guess even from the raining, back. Though, no, I mean, even with was, the rain, you could see. blood all over the back of his shoulder. And yeah. Admit, once he sees his face, he does switch from real dick mode to concern mode pretty quick. He does change gears. Yeah, he's like... Yeah, but it doesn't take seeing someone covered in blood to be like, maybe I shouldn't just go out straight up dick mode. <laughs> well, no, for Richter, apparently so it he, does. He spins More Dante around and... Da- <laughs> Love it, yes. So, <laughs> and Dante's face is like, his mouth is slashed open. His whole like, cheek up to like his ear is missing. Yeah, it's like gashed wide open. The jaw is like kind of half hanging. It is grody gruesome and i love that it's but super survivable gross. yes the reason i say this is survivable because my sister before she went to medical school she was an er tech and it was not a super uncommon injury to see someone come into the er who had been like usually fallen on something and had the like bottom of their chin impaled up into their mouth, which is not a dissimilar injury to okay, this. And she's like, oh yeah, it's it's like really gruesome, but it's not particularly life-threatening. Well, wow. if you think about your jawbone and everything, like there's not a lot of blood vessels. It's just, it's just loose skin, a little bit of muscle and All bone right. there. So if you slash that open, sure, you've got a very massive gaping wound that's going to get infected and you kill you. You are going to have a speech impediment for the rest of your life. Yeah. Skin graft. Full time. recovery. You never know. Maybe. But probably speech impediment. Yeah. But anyway, so like you see this and you're just like, what the fuck? And so Richter's like, holy shit, what happened? Who did this to you? Um, Which, but- okay. Who did this to you? (laughs) You live in Harlow. You know this giant dude. Everyone knows the tale of the the five kids who were killed by, or the four kids who were killed by the chainsaw-wielding monster. Yeah, but... There are a bunch of city liberals in the town. Could have been any one of them. Could also, it- it's super cruel to ask a question to someone whose mouth is half unhinged. <laughs> you know what? I'm, Tell me who did this. I'm not. The, no, I'm not doing anything to you. Tell me who did this. I'm not the biggest Dictor fan, but he's panicking. I get it. I mean, I feel like if I saw someone in this situation, Look, he's I got would more also, worries on his mind. He may have just had sex with an underage girl. Okay. I would also ask them questions just because it's natural, right? Who is the dumbest character in this movie? Is behind uh, Dante is another girl with like an umbrella. Uh, it's the, it's the uh, head the lady bank. from the investors. Yeah. yeah. She's like the one that brought them all out on the party bus. So stupid. Uh, Cause Victor's like, go back in the bus, tell everyone to stay in the bus. Uh, you know, obviously there's a murderer out here. So she goes back to the bus and she's like, we should all stay in here. Just trust me. Like, bitch, yeah. tell them somebody just died out there. Uh, you want to stay safe in the bus and don't let anyone in. That was Catherine, Jessica Alain. Okay, well, Catherine got everyone on that bus killed because she's an idiot. Also, not to sound crude, best ass in the movie. She looked gorgeous in her outfit. Okay. I thought she looked so good. And also, I love a clear umbrella. Yeah, I, I know I it's so dumb, umbrella. but I just I just love that concept. She It was a very cute vibe altogether. Yeah. Like, she had great hair, cute umbrella, nice If she outfit. offered me an investment opportunity, I would hear her out. Yeah, she's going to tell you about NFTs. She's going to try to sell you a timeshare. <laughs> 
I would buy them all. Uh, <laughs> well, great at selling, terrible at keeping people alive. <laughs> Listen, uh, we all have skills. Um, so she runs back to the bus. Yeah. Um, this point, Richter goes up into the house. Right. And so he's like clearing the rooms and mm. she's super smart. I got to give Melody mad props She tries here. to scale the banister to get out. No, not yet. <laughs> God no, damn. she tries to move the mirror the, with her foot yes. from under the oh, bed. Oh, yeah, because so Leatherface is hiding behind the door yeah, when Richter right. runs in. She moves the, the mirror to, to show him where it is. If I was Leatherface, I would have been like, why is that mirror moving? There's someone under the bed. I'd be like, I'm going to chop that foot off. <laughs> yeah, I, right? But so but Richter's like, what the fuck? And uh, Leatherface attacks him. They get in a fight. They have he, a great badass fight One here. of the most gruesome things in a very gruesome movie when he whacks Richter in the oh, knee with his hammer and, and his leg just completely way. hyperextends. Yes. Whew. Yep. I love how like, you're like, that's so rough. And I'm like, yo, everything else was way worse. But yes, I know oh, knee injuries are yeah. so hard to watch. And you, and you can see his leg just 45 degree angle. Yep. Like just gross. So they're on the ground now. And at this point he sees Melody under the bed and he's like, holy shit. So he gets stabbed in the neck and he's smart enough, though, in his last dying breath, he tries to redeem himself. He gives her the keys. Well, he kind of drops them. Well, he's dying. He's doing the best he can. Yeah, I think he got them off his belt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so uh, shout out to Richter. He's doing the best he can. Then, yes, his head just gets caved in with a hammer. Uh, I guess it's the meat cleaver. It's the meat cleaver that they used to kill. Uh, no, no, this was a hammer. Was it this, all, this right? was a hammer? Like a, yeah, like this a, is like a, a giant hammer. like sledgehammer Bam. thing. Just, and you see his whole face just cave in. No, no, a, you see his face continually get crushed further and uh, further in. And they just say, hey, you know what we should do? Let's just keep this bad boy in frame. I had to bail out of that. I had to, I had to look away. It was tough. That one's always rough to watch. Like when Halloween, uh, it, or Halloween 2018 came out and he stomps the doctor's head in. I yeah. was just like, holy shit, they showed that. But um, yes, it's that level of gruesome. So at this point, Leatherface, yes. here's the party bus. And he's like, not in my neighborhood, you rascally kids. Don't they know about the noise ordinance? <laughs> um, so at this point, he, I got two sets of ears. This is real loud. <laughs> <laughs> Melody is going to like, now's my chance to escape with the mm -hmm. keys. So she goes out there, but she's like, these floors are creaky. He'll hear me. I'll climb over the banister in these smooth flats and stand on this smooth wooden banister. And she slips. And lo and behold, she makes some noise and she's on the stairs and she stands up, looks at the top of the stairs. There's Leatherface. He throws the sledgehammer, hits her in the chest. She flies back uh, like maybe five, ten steps yeah. down to the floor. Straight through the damn floor. Through the damn floor, which makes me think that there's no way Leatherface being his size could have walked across these floors and not fallen I mean, through into that, the basement. That young lady was like 110 pounds. She wet. just got, yeah, she's dead. Uh, that like was sexual. I'm just saying wet, like Ring. Oh, yes, okay. yes, yes. No one I want thought to clarify. that was sexual until uh, you tried to clarify that. Well, that's why I wanted to clarify. <laughs> uh, she is dead. Uh, 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 a sledgehammer, many, her most of her ribs are broken. As someone yeah. who's broken ribs from less, her ribs are broken. Yes, uh, you, you you don't get a, chain, or a chainsaw. A sledgehammer, <laughs> throw it at your chest, at you. fall down 10 stairs and crash through floors and just get up. But she does. And so she's under the house at this point. And now we get the the same thing we get in almost every chainsaw movie that I am over is the chainsaw through the floorboards as you crawl below yes. the floor and it chases you. I get it. It's iconic. It's scary. But like we've seen it like 90 times at this point. And we have the Prometheus problem here where she just keeps scrambling along in a straight line instead of turning. Yeah. Rolling yep. to the side. Perhaps? Left and right exist. <sighs> and. This is the least believable. This, that chainsaw cuts right through just a solid two by four in like 
a half a second. That is just not how chainsaws work. And even the best of them. Yeah, and he's lucky there wasn't a knot in that wood, or he would have just gotten totally fucking jammed up. <laughs> oh, and that chainsaw is probably throwing nails everywhere. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about the nails. That's true. It, just ripping them out of the floorboards and mm. slinging them right back. Somehow, chain does not fall off. He must have super glued that chain on there. So we, we had a big, long discussion about, like, chainsaw parts and how they work and how, like, different, like, things break and... It, we got into a really in-depth conversation yeah. about chainsaws as we were watching this because we're like, there's no fucking way. No, I, I mean... I, but again, I'm willing to let that go because it's Leatherface. Yes, I mean, for the sake of the movie, but if it, listeners, if you don't use a chainsaw a lot, it, they are not nearly as effective as they show in this movie. But this chainsaw, because as she's trying to escape from under the house, she gets to kind of a like vent thing on yeah. the side of the house. And right as she does. And Lila's outside. Of and it. Lila's outside. And right as she does, the chainsaw cuts through this thick sewage pipe. pipe. Well, I was just going to say, oh. like, the chainsaw could not cut through that pipe, no. first of all. It cuts not through like it, butter. Like butter. <laughs> and then she gets doused in liquid shit. Yeah. Lila does manage to finally get the grate off, because yes. the first three attempts she tried to pull it off weren't enough. But this time she finally does and well, pulls yeah. I mean, it probably would out. be difficult to get it off. I get it. But yeah, I'm surprised she got it off at all. Yeah, they don't, me too. They don't apparently screw their grates down. It does cut to Sally, but she's not at the town yet. She goes to the accident. Okay, yeah. that's right. That's right. Because I was like, I got Sally notes here. What were these about? And that's where we see orphanage mom like posed on a hay bale with her face off. And yeah. shout outs to my man Leatherface for at least giving her a nice little like scenic like pose. That was pose. some true artistry. Yeah, he cares, he's and that's creative, what's important. He's a creative, uh, creative guy. But this is the thing: is we see Sally go back to the car, and she keeps looking at this like Polaroid picture that was taken of the original five characters from the first movie. Yeah, and I'm like, a who took this photo? Because they're all in the frame. But it opens up another plot hole. But the first time they pick up, the, in the first movie, they pick up a hitchhiker who has a Polaroid camera who takes a photo of them and then tries Okay, to- I did not remember that part. I was like, who the fuck took this picture? But what makes no sense is they try to charge him. So the hitchhiker wants money. They say no. He sets a picture on fire. Oh, and the picture is gone. It is in ashes. That's uh, so where did this picture? Maybe come this from? was second hitchhiker, second Polaroid. Maybe. OK, fair. This yeah, is, this is a common occurrence. You find Polaroid hitchhikers. <laughs> all the, Texas is littered with them. It was a big thing in the 70s. Polaroid hitchhikers. <laughs> but anyway, she keeps looking at this picture as if like, I got you. Don't worry. I'll make it right. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, who the fuck cares at this point? I'm doing this for you, Franklin. Oh, yeah. It's so... Oh, yeah, Franklin. (laughs) Which, we're watching, like I said, I watched the first one right before this. Don't do that, because it just makes this one make even less sense. Because... They did not seem to particularly like each other in that first movie. No. Uh, in fact, she just wants to leave Franklin behind at the van and go find her real friends. And is really, she's real pissed that Franklin won't give her the flashlight. John, let's get this out of the way real fast, just so we can reiterate it. The 2003 remake is far superior to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I know I'm going to get heat for saying this, but I know you agree with me. Oh, big time. I was going to save it for the end, but let's jump on in. 2003 Texas Chainsaw, the best one. Then the original. It's so scary. Then everything. So intense. (laughs) So well paced. It's got a great, complete, comprehensive story. There's like next to no plot holes in it. Yeah, because it's barely a story. It's exactly what you want. A bunch of teens get brought to this house and murdered. I feel like next to no plot holes is kind of damning with faint praise, but I really like it nonetheless. In the horror, in the horror business, yes. that's not, that's a that's a very good that's a very good thing. No. Minimal plot holes. <laughs> the two thousand three. Banger, banger of a film. So One of my favorite great horror looking, movies. creepy. Arlie Emery is fantastic. Everyone's Excellent. fantastic in yeah. it. And I don't even like the main actress, and but 
they do a great job of making Leatherface very intimidating and imposing, but unlike this movie, not, not fucking supernatural. supernatural. Yes. yes. So, so now we cut back to the, right. the township of Harlow. The, the sisters get on the bus. They're like, ah. Um, <laughs> Just and, like that. Yeah. Huh? And everyone's like, what's happening? And they're like, you don't even want to know. Believe me. Uh, and but, how hard is it to say someone just killed a bunch of people with a fucking chainsaw and a hammer. We need to get out of here. That's why I'm covered in blood and yeah, shit. Or look at me. What the fuck do you think happened? So they're like, all right, let's get out of here. And I actually really don't understand what happened because the bus driver starts driving the bus and then we, we see Leatherface in an alley and then he goes, we hear some bangs and then the bus stops. I can answer this. Okay, what so happened? the bus is, they're like, oh my God, we do got to get out of here. Now everyone in the back of the bus doesn't give two shits about anything that's going on. They're still right. at the party. Um, the bus driver starts driving and he's driving slow. And as they pass the alley, you see the silhouette of Leatherface yes. in the alley with his chainsaw revving. Great, beautiful shot. The bus is driving by. He goes out there and he chainsaws the back tire. As the bus is going by, he chainsaws the back tire because you kind of hear this like on the bus. So basically, he cut the, the the double back tires of the bus so it just can't drive properly. Mm. So the bus okay. driver, some 20-ish, 30-something dude, basically stops the bus gets out the bus, goes back to see what it is, and then the next thing you know, we see his head chunked into the bus. Now, you got to appreciate the bank shot that Leatherface does. He throws it to where it bounces off and lands right perfectly in visual frame. So well done. Uh, Leatherface also missed out as like a sports person. Uh, you know, I don't he know. He plays quarters. Uh, he's, he's all about that. He's that <laughs> it's him, Michael Jordan, <laughs> and that dude with the white hair from The Last Dance. Uh, you don't want to go up against him in horse, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, athlete was He'll the word I was every looking time. For. Yeah. Sports person, sports athlete, person athlete, you know, you, know. <laughs> you knew what I meant. <laughs> and then he gets on the bus. Get on the bus. Uh, and everyone is first. They all bring out their cameras or their phones and which, start Instagram living. Those. Yes. Which I totally believe would happen. I was like, all right. Yeah, that, that See, is that's accurate. such a foreign thing to me. And I know that's so common, but like, it's such a foreign thing to me to like, like I'm seeing something. Let me start live streaming. Now I'm glad that happens. Cause we get to see, like we get to blow the lid off fucking police brutality and all this other shit like that. But at the same time, I see anybody wearing a human face, get on a bus. My phone is gone. Like, I'm just, if it's not in my pocket, I'm out. But here's the thing. If someone rolled up on your bus wearing a human face, you would assume he was wearing a costume. Yeah. Anyone would assume he was wearing a costume. With a chainsaw? Because they didn't I'm see- I'm not risking it. They didn't see the head, right? So I think it is important like to note- between the front of the bus where the driver is and where all these people are is a curtain. So they didn't see okay, anything right. that happened in the front of the bus. But you just saw Melanie and Lila coming covered in shit and blood. And then a dude with a chainsaw gets on. Guess what? I'm dumb when it comes to math, but I can run those numbers. Okay. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, so they all just kind of like, hey, bro, what are you doing? Yeah. And I don't remember the line, but this is the line we talked about in the last yeah, episode. It's in the trailer. It's like, don't try anything, bro, or you'll get canceled. Like, shut up. Uh, the worst. Oh, my God. And it just shows like such a <laughs> mis- this 40-year-old man threatened to cancel a <laughs> chainsaw-wielding monster man. Yeah. And it's like such a misunderstanding of even what, like, quote, unquote, canceling is. Like, yeah. It doesn't make any sense in the context of the real world. Like, no one would say that sentence. Leatherface is on Tucker Carlson a week later. Well, you see, I just can't chainsaw anymore because yeah. these damn millennials. Like, oh, you're going to cancel uh, <laughs> Leatherface's Instagram? Like, you're k- getting kicked off Twitter? Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking you about? You guys just invested in Harlow. Maybe don't put it in a bad light. Right. Um, so, Leatherface just starts chainsawing everybody. And this is great because I love when um, choreographers and stuff like that, whatever uh, stunt people, oh, yeah, can do a scene that's in a tight, close quarters 
and make it look impressive, mm-hmm. intense, and not like everyone's 20 feet away from each other. Like I'd it agree. looks like it's actually like like some John Wick shit. Yeah. Like a Nobody. real old boy hammer fight. Yeah. yeah. Dude, nice reference. Damn, I forgot one. about that. Yeah. That's a good one. But um, yeah, like I was really impressed with the kills on this yes. bus and how it all played out. I I thought this was beautiful. And you might be wondering, why didn't they use the rear exit? Because uh, it was broken. Yeah, and our, our two sisters hide in the bathroom during all of this carnage. and Which I thought was a room with a tub in it at first because I didn't get a good view on it. And I was like, why does this bus have a tub room? And I was it's, like, I'm in. Well, but you have a bath fixation, so I, do. I can't blame yeah, you. Yeah, it's a very fancy bus. Uh, that's the thing. Uh, no, just a regular old toilet. It's a hot tub on the back of the bus. <laughs> and I think our kind of coup de gras kill here is, I believe, Catherine, was that her name? Mm-hmm. Clear Umbrella Girl. She tries to get out through a broken window, but Leatherface saws her in half through the torso. Right above the waist, Right above the waist. And so then we get a shot from the outside of the bus where her intestines just slither down out the window. (laughs) It was very disgusting. Good disgusting. Yeah, it was extremely gruesome and effective. Yeah, Yeah. tremendous. Uh, So the sisters, like uh, like Alex said, are in the bathroom, and this bathroom has an emergency exit. In the ceiling. In the ceiling. Which most bus actually do have ceiling exits. Yeah, in case the bus rolls. In the bathroom, though? They're normally just in the main hallway. I I would assume that maybe in the bathroom, because if you're stuck in the bathroom and the bus rolls, you still need to be able to get out, but I'm not certain. Don't quote me. I'm more knowledgeable on chainsaws than I am buses. They, They get out the bus. But first, we get our payoff. Leatherface starts sawing through the door, and Here's the younger sister Johnny. is out out the ceiling at this <laughs> point. <laughs> and so she's trying to pull up the older sister, but she can't make it because Leatherface is like sawing through the door. And so she pulls out the corkscrew from the first scene in the movie and stabs him in the arm with this corkscrew, which is enough to buy her the time to get out, out the ceiling. Now this I thought was a little cheesy because it's the chainsaw corkscrew yes. going into Leatherface with the chainsaw. In his chainsaw and arm. And yeah. she stabs him in the arm. I want to say maybe the elbowish area. Yeah. It's like, yeah, kind of forearm-ish. But he recoils as if like, my God, kryptonite, how dare you? And then he pulls it out. But like he recoils enough to like give them enough time to leave. Yeah. There's a scene later on in the movie where Sally stabs him with a Bowie knife in the side and he just kind of stares at her like, eh. And I was like, there is no consistency to his power set at right. this point. And that's, let's just go ahead and talk about the power set, John. Well, I know you've been chomping at the I bit. know. I'll tell you, if you want to poke plot holes, though, the fact that this chainsaw is cutting through two by fours and pipes and then getting stuck by like particle board that is the bathroom doors <laughs> of a fucking Greyhound bus. But anyway, uh, yes. So Leatherface's power set in this movie now consists of super strength. Immortality. Which he's always kind of had, though. He's always had, like, that crazy hardcore strength. He's been strong for a human. He's, yes. He's not, like, breaking your wrists and your bones popping out. I mean, because we, like, the most fancy thing we Here, see... Here, give him, me your arm. I'll show you how easy it is. <laughs> and the most fancy thing we see him do in the first movie is just, like, pick somebody up, right? He just picks him up under his arm and walks with him, which is feasible. Okay. I right, mean, a human right. could do that. But he's super strong. He's immortal. Imperv- effect except for chainsaws, which is his kryptonite, uh, chainsaw corkscrews, impervious to pain, infinite stamina. Yes, never, especially for a seventy-year-old man. Uh, bulletproof, really fast. Well, he's not bulletproof, but he takes a bullet like nobody's business. Yeah, I guess it goes back to his immortality. He's indestructible. It takes a, it takes a pet like no problem. Yeah, he <laughs> can leap top. <laughs> he can leap top buildings in a single bound. Uh, it's not that bad, <laughs> but yes, you're you're right. And this, he does have like Michael Myers level like imperviousness. 
this to to certain types of pain, but only when it's convenient. Yes, which is so weird because it's so inconsistent. No, it's more than impervious. He is immortal because no. yes, because we see. You cannot get shot as much as he do and then fucking uppercut with a chainsaw, drown in a pool. And, and this then, is after getting stabbed in the side yes, with a Bowie knife. And then just get up and like three hours later, decapitate somebody. Spoilers for the end of this movie. Yes, that is exactly what happens. I Again, yeah, they, they kept going Michael Myers with it. Yes. And the thing is, I hate that. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't hate this movie like that, but I'm saying like, I hate when people try to, to ape off that fucking Michael Myers shit because that's what makes Myers so creepy. That's why he's my favorite slasher is that dude is supposed to be like, is this dude supernatural? Cause that is not human, bro. Yeah. Like this is insanity. Like it's supposed to seem like it, but it's not. Leatherface has always just been a dude. Yes. There's nothing supernatural about Leatherface. It's considerably less impressive that he's supernatural than if he was just a crazy cannibal, um, which, by the way, he's not a cannibal anymore, as far as we know. He doesn't eat anybody. Um, well, he, he reformed his ways. Oh, Mama Orphanage kind of got him to kind of pull it all back Reformed a cannibal. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it's less impressive to me that, oh, you're just now another monster dude. Like, but his run was so good in this, the thump, 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 sure. thump, Like, he did a, the guy who played Leatherface in this had such a great presence. But now he's just a generic dude, right? He's just up there with, like, he, he's just a generic made, monster man. Right. What made them, like, that unique was the crazy family, and they were cannibals, and they were just people doing crazy shit for mm -hmm. no reason. Also, they gave him a revenge story, right? Right, effectively, we're led to believe he's killing all of these people because they killed his orphanage mom. Don't need that. I don't need to humanize well, this monster. I have that note. I have that note in my notes of like, well, why has he gone back to basically being a murderous monster? I understand the whole revenge kind of thing, yes. but now he's killing everybody. Because he's not, though, because when he, when in a few scenes when he meets Sally, he doesn't kill her. He just walks by her. He is only killing. Oh, yeah. let's, let's get to this. Let's get to that yeah. then, because we, we definitely like, again, there's just so much like questions I have. And the thing is, I should never question your, your monster's motive. I should either have no idea and just accept it. That's the way it is. Or I should know exactly why he's doing what he does. Right. And, but yeah, I don't like that he's supernatural now. I think it takes like a lot of the uniqueness of what makes Texas Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw just sucks it right out of the movie. And now it's just a generic monster movie that takes place in Texas. So this is the part where Sally rolls up though, right? Yes. As, as they're limping away I mean, from the bus, Sally pulls up and tells them to get in the car because she's going hunting or whatever. Yeah. And this is the part where he confronts her, John, to like what she was saying. He's like, he's like, yeah. do you remember me? Because she's got the, the shotgun. So after he killed everyone in the bus, but he let he lets the sisters escape. Well, they he, escape. They, they escape. Let them. Right. He goes back to the somewhere. I don't know where he goes. Cause does it go back in the orphanage? I guess it's the orphanage. Yes. He turns the light on upstairs because Sally gets out, sees the light turn on because they're like, let's get out of here. And she's like, no, he's here after you. Evil dies tonight. Yeah. Yes. She might as well chant it 17 times. Well, Sally is a, is a, I'm going to say a textured character, right? Because she looks at this. She's all fucked up. Just she, say it. Well, no, because she looks at this Polaroid as if she wants to kill Leatherface's revenge for her friends. Mm -hmm. But when she finally meets him, what she really wants is revenge for herself. Because she's like, say you remember me. You know who I am, right? And Leatherface is like, bitch, who are you? I met you once 50 years ago. Yeah, it reminds I think she wants justification for what she's about to do because, like, she wants to know, like, you remember what you did to me and my friends. Yeah, it reminds me of the Street Fighter movie. I'm sorry. I don't remember any of it. For you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, 
It was Tuesday. Because Leatherface has no idea who she is, uh, and he doesn't even do her the justice of killing her. Well, do you think she doesn't? He doesn't know who she is, or do you think he's just playing like fucking like I don't give a fuck? I think he legit doesn't remember yeah. her, and okay. he's not. And she, since she's not part of the current mission to waste all of these young people, <laughs> she's non diploma about it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she's okay. She's, well, Leatherface is like, look, you are too old to be a millennial, so you are not in my current murder uh, age range. So just step aside, please. She's just hurt and she offended. She says all their names. She's like Franklin, Joe. Bill. And I'm glad Bruno. she didn't because I don't remember any of those names at all when she started saying, I was like, who are these people? I was like, oh, the people from the picture. Yeah. And I was like, uh, it was she said Franklin that I was like, oh, yeah. Mr. F. <laughs> uh, and he's like, I don't, where'd you get that photo from? Uh, no, he just like walks past her because he's like, look, I got some young girls to kill. Uh, so then they're like on the street and she calls him out again. This is when they start fighting and this is where she stabs him in the side. Right, with she goes to shoot knife. him and she does. And it doesn't really like slow him down too much. And he just grabs her. She stabs him. He's like, all right, you know what? I've had enough of your shit. He stabs her with a chainsaw, goes like through her body. Holds her up in the air. Shish kebab style. Chainsaws her for like 10 seconds and then throws her into some trash. Yeah, hooks her into a big pile of trash bags. Now, let me tell you, having a knife cut in your gut and slid across your intestines, you know what? You're going to bleed out, but you got some time. Having your insides pureed by a chainsaw, you're bleeding out pretty goddamn quick. Oh, yeah. And you know that she has a ton of spinal cord damage. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Oh, God. Spine damage is the worst. Wrecked, dude. I mean, she is she is super dead. You would think, except she's not. She's been thrown into a pile of trash bags, which just lined the street of Harlow. Well, yeah, right, right. Where did those trash bags? Listen, these filmmakers are playing real fast and loose with the immortality <laughs> powers here. Uh, I do love the the look of this city at night, though. There's just enough electricity to kind of illuminate it. There's enough like a little bit of neon here and there to yes. kind of give it this really beautiful, unique night. And the wet look. streets make it yes. kind of like nice and reflective. Shout cool out looking. to the people who made this flick. They just did it such a great job. I wish it was just a little bit better. Plot. Yeah, lately we've been getting just a string of gorgeous horror movies let down by the plot. <laughs> so before Sally had gone off to go get murdered, she gave the keys to her truck to uh, Melody and Lila and is like, get out of here. So they just watch her get killed, totally ineffectual mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. helping her. And they're like, okay, I'm going to run him over now. Uh, so they go to do that and like he pushes the car out of the way. Like they somehow managed no, to he fuck gets it up hit by it, but he kind of like, he gets hit by the corner and kind of like rolls around the side yeah, and they crash into a building. Like, yeah. I don't know how they fucked it up that bad. She drove a Tesla. It's got <laughs> autopilot. Okay. All you had to do is go straight. Does whatever. So they, they hit him. So now shot, stabbed, hit by a car. And mm. they crash into what, like Richter's garage yeah. or something yeah. like and that. And corkscrewed. Don't forget, he's and been corkscrewed, corkscrewed and Bowie knife. Most importantly, yeah. you said stabbed. I'm sorry. I, yes. I, I apologize. So, also, people have said a lot of mean things to him. That's your emotional damage. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Leatherface has got PTSD. He's wearing people's faces. I think he's got a little bit more, more severe more going PTSD. on. Okay. Okay. So, Melody is like trapped. Like a pole is going through her leg. Yeah, has stabbed her leg. leg into the seat, so she is stuck in this driver's seat. And she's like, "Look, Lila." I'm going to die. There's not, and I'm like, I get, you know what? I respect that. She's like, we had a good run to get out of here. There's no way out of this. I'm going to die. Go save yourself. So Lila skedaddles, uh, and Leatherface is like chainsawing his way to, to murder Melody. Lila comes back with the A, the, I almost said AK, the AR 15. Mm-hmm. And is like, Hey, leather fucker. I was like, Oh shit. Mean words, sticks and stones. <laughs> um, and he looks at her 
and he she pulls the trigger and uh it's still empty. My note here says the only way to basically face your fear of gun violence and victimhood is to get a gun and do some violence. Yeah, and fuck it up. Yeah, I do find that message like genuinely offensive that the message of this movie seems to be, hey, if you're the victim of gun violence, you just need a gun and then you're going to feel better. I don't think they're being so flippant about it. I think th- I think it comes across flippant, but I think mostly what they're saying is like, don't let this fear control you. Guns aren't inherently bad, blah, 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 blah. Except, yeah, I it, it just comes across as very tone deaf for her her journey extremely and i'm not saying that like for some individuals who are victims of gun violence they couldn't find you know gun ownership empowering in a certain way Mm -hmm. but to me they're implying that the only path to healing is to get yourself a gun and murder someone yourself i mean yeah not not in those exact terms but exactly it kind of feels like the like look quit being a pussy and just get a gun you'll be fine and it's like "Mm." Let's yeah. tone it down a tad. I, I I do agree. I think, I guess it, maybe they, they were like, okay, maybe it'll be less bad because it doesn't work. She doesn't actually successfully shoot the guy. She does later, though. I feel like this movie's yeah. trying to basically dispel a lot of myths about, like, Texans and, like, you know, the way we are and, like, you know, the kind of, like, guns are inherently bad and yada, yada, yada. The way they deliver some of that it comes across just a little tone deaf in my opinion. Yeah. I don't think this movie's trying to do any of that. No offense because the only oh, I think they were Texan is like Richter and he's like as stereotypical as they come. Well, the thing is, it's like all the characters are very like, Oh, look at that small dick Texan. He's like, yeah. actually there's feral hogs. So we carry this with us. And it's like, no, I mean, you know, that's AR, not what he said. AR 15s, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like I think everyone comes out of this movie looking equally shitty. Yeah. <laughs> Except Franklin, who's just a peach. I uh. love that guy. Um, also, I mean, he's being a dick because you're not going to shoot feral hogs with a handgun. And like, that's just... I'll shoot feral hogs with anything I can if it means my life or theirs. Well, fair enough. But in the situation he's referring yes, to... Yes, yes, I agree. You are not using... He had like a, you know, it was like a nine millimeter. That's not what you use to hunt no, feral hogs. No, you don't hogs. hunt feral hogs. This guy is definitely the 30 to 50 feral hogs meme yes. given life. <laughs> I, I, I have to think that's what they're referencing. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Anyway, back to Leatherface. So he, I don't remember how Melody, he stops chasing Melody now because he's like, how dare you call me Leatherfucker? And he's like, I'm going to come back to kill you. You're first up. And he goes to chase Lila. And somehow Melody gets out and they end up in the street, right? Fighting. And it and, and looks like Lila's going to die. And Sally pops up like a fucking jack in the box and shoots him. And somehow, even though she is firing a shotgun and uh, Lila and Leatherface are in the same general vicinity as one another, Lila does not take any damage None. here. She, there's a small little bullet hole on um, <laughs> Leatherface's shoulder, which is not exactly how a shotgun works from that distance. No, but now shot twice, stabbed, corkscrewed, hit by a car. Nah, he just brushes it off like yeah, this again. <laughs> uh, and uh, And Sally's like... I'm dying. I'm like, bitch, you are dead. What well, are you talking about? They try to give her some dramatic last line, and I can't even remember okay, what it was. Okay, so what she says is she's like, whatever you do when you face him, don't run away from him because you'll be running from that fear your whole life. Yes. Like, basically, it, it's like, face your... Again, this is why I think they're they're going with this messaging of, like, you've got to face your tragedy and, and fears because if you don't, they'll control who you are for the rest of your life. Hence the, the school shooting, violence, all this stuff. 
stuff with your fear of guns. Basically, I feel like the, the directors and the writers were like really trying to like face your fears. Don't let them control you. And so she gives yeah. out some line that kind of basically tells her like, whatever you do, don't run because you'll be running your whole life from that, that fear. Yes. She says it'll haunt you forever. Yes. And so they end up in the movie theater. Yes. Lila, yes. she shoots at Leatherface. Leatherface ends up running into the movie theater where there's a standee of a movie called Werewolves of the Alamo. And God damn it, I want that movie. I wish I had been watching Werewolves of yeah. the Alamo. That sounds like, like a Robert Rodriguez film, too. So it was probably Aces. I, I did Google if I could buy Werewolves of the Alamo cardboard oh. stand up, and I did not find any. So uh. if you're listening out there, Fetty Alvarez or anyone else associated with this movie, if you got a couple extra of those, send them my <laughs> way. I want a Werewolf of the Alamo. Anyway. We're going to set them up to terrify Garrett's roommate. <laughs> yes. So they're in the theater which is just, I don't know, the whole set here, it was clearly like set up to be a horror set. It yeah. made no sense why there were chairs in the... Plastic sheeting everywhere. There's like a... A pool? Halloween Horror middle. Nights. Like This is like the haunted house you'd go to at the volunteer fire department. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A pool makes no sense. Why is there a pool there? It's a hole that's filled with water in the middle of this floor, but it is, it's like at least deep enough to have him stand up in it and like be underwater. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's at least what, probably six to eight feet deep right. at minimum uh yeah like so they have a little fight in the 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 lobby of this place and they end up um as she's about to get killed by the chainsaw she's made her peace she didn't run away she faced leatherface so she did what sally wanted her to do and right as about she's about to get chainsawed holy crap melody jumps on leatherface's back is choking him out with her arm she's like go to sleep yeah, another completely unbelievable thing because <laughs> like, like we bone saw i got you for three minutes <laughs> <laughs> Leatherface has proven to be super strong. He should just like pick her up and just like throw her across a football field. Like and a remora yeah. on a shark. Yeah. Like this is nothing. Like a, like a cat jumps on you, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, this girl weighs a buck 20 yeah. max. Wet. And I'm yeah. not talking and about sexually wet. I'm talking about rain wet. <laughs> we get it. And like, I don't, I don't know how many people y'all have tried to choke. If you are like a smallish woman and you're trying to choke a huge man, it's extremely difficult. Is this what you're going to tell us how you do BJJ? I I mean, I've, I'm still on a pandemic break, but I have tried. I'm I'm not a tiny woman, and I have tried to choke a, a, a leather face sized dude. It is fucking hard. Yeah. You do, do jujitsu. Yes. Okay. I said BJJ. I was like, there's going to be some people who don't know what that means, and that's going to sound weird. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know. I'm of average size, and if I try to choke a really beefy dude who's like six plus feet feet tall, it's it's incredibly hard to do, and that's with good technique in a non actual fight situation. I'd like to think he just like flexes his neck muscles, and like her arms just her, like, arm, <laughs> her, her, her arms I'm explode gonna, off yeah. of her body. <laughs> like like um, what's his name? from pineapple i'm gonna flex and bust out of here yeah exactly <laughs> I, I just picture her arms popping off like a lizard's tail yes oh, you know, it's just a flesh wound like so, blood. so anyway like that that just, gives lila the moment to get up and they're fighting and then out of nowhere melody takes the chainsaw which is still revving and running and you know ryu shuriken like runs the thing up his front chest his I front wish, chest as opposed to his back chest <laughs> I, um, I wish it had been like uh like a scott pilgrim like ko pops up on the screen because she just nails him she cuts him and then he falls backwards into the pool of clearly infected disgusting water yeah yeah so bacterial infection at that too. and sinks to the bottom and then there was one big like air bubble that popped up and i imagine he farted definitely like, yeah, that's what it was. It's like I've been holding this all <laughs> night. Ooh, I'm away from him. I can finally let it out. Uh, so he does that and they're like, are you okay? And Lila goes, no. Which 
loved. I was like, that Which, is fair. Fair, uh, great delivery. Yes. And they're like, let's get out of here. We've had enough of this fun yeah. town. Now it's daytime. <laughs> yes, it is daytime. They go outside. And also, it's not raining anymore. It's sunny. It's Everything's clear. perfectly dry. Yeah, totally great. And as they're walking out, Lila looks down and see Sally's cowboy hat and she picks it up and puts it on. So the legend continues. Yeah, it's very like Indiana Jones 4. And oh. friend of the show, Vanessa, absolutely called this. She's like, God damn, if anyone puts on that hat, I am done with this movie. <laughs> Fortunately, the movie was almost done at this point, so she didn't have to go far. Um, yes, so she puts on the hat to kind of basically say, like, she's the new Sally now, and she didn't run away from her fear, so it doesn't control her, I guess. But, I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, don't be the new Sally. Sally was, like, driven by fear for 30 years uh got a chance to redeem herself and instantly died and lila's facial features are so like young and stuff when yeah. she put that cowboy hat on i was like carl she looked <laughs> like carl from walking dead so bad well you know what this reminded me of is um christopher guest's uh speech toward the end of princess bride when he's like beating inigo in the fight and he's just like you've been hunting me down for 20 years and now you're gonna lose that's the worst thing i've ever heard <laughs> That is what happens to Sally. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Except she has no redemption. None. What I'd like is if she like pops up from the trash can again, like, Ooh, I thought I was a goner. Oh, you know what we missed though? You know what we missed when, um, in the fight in the, um, real quick, just to pull it back, the fight in the movie theater, mm -hmm. they fall, um, Lila and Leatherface fall into that pool together and he's pulling her down under the water and then she gets out and Lila climbs out and then Leatherface like dolphin shoots out oh. of the pool of water, like five feet in the <laughs> air to be like, ha ha, I'm back. And I was like, what the shit that can this was do? one of the most hilarious images <laughs> I have ever seen yet. He is breaching like a fucking whale. <laughs> and the thing is, is like, I'm okay with like him busting out of the water, like splash, like, oh my God, full beyond strength. He's busted out of the water. But when he like dolphin jumps, like whale breaches out of the water, I was like, dude, what can't you do? Like, yeah. this is ridiculous. The dolphin sound effects also made it <laughs> hilarious, but <laughs> just so anyway, they, they get in the Tesla and they put it on autopilot because they, they want to show us that these things have autopilot. Well, nonstop. yeah. Also, we've learned that they cannot drive worse shit, even when they're trying to hit a guy. Well, let crash. autopilot take. Yes. <laughs> autopilot Jesus, take, take the wheel. wheel. Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh, um, so they're driving away. And Lila's like, ha, you know what? I will move here with you. And her sister's like, oh, real fucking funny. <laughs> and then smash mode. Melody <laughs> He gets ripped out of the car by Leatherface, dropped in the street. Lila pops up out of the sunroof as the autopilot is still driving her away. Yeah, like a meek rat. Like <laughs> I feel like the Teslas, when your window gets broken, they'd stop. Yeah, I feel I like know. autopilot would one. slow you down at that point. I got to tell you what, I don't know, but also if you feel that, it probably doesn't because you've proven to know nothing about <laughs> Teslas. So. <laughs> gotcha there. Very true. But we look back in the street and Melody is getting beheaded by the chainsaw. Leatherface picks up the head and just, ur, ur, Tuscan Raider that yeah. shit in the middle of the road and then Lila's like no and then he does like a real half-ass sort of the, Texas the, chainsaw yeah, dance. Yeah, he does a little dance. chainsaw dance. But it's like, I'm glad they threw that in there. That was so great. But, I mean, it was also like, he's like, yeah, all right. Say the line. <laughs> I know, but I thought that fit. Like caramba. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really cool. So anyway, credits roll and there's an after credit scene that we were told to stick around for by our resident chainsawer Mm -hmm. Mark Chainsaw Chainsaw E Chainseer Chainseer so. Very nice Class A The credits end And we get a scene Of a country road Take me home Where we see a person Walking with a chainsaw Oh my god It's Leatherface And a little pan back Pulls out That we're We're going to the Sawyer house 
So he's going to a house. So he's not dead. He's going back to a home that he lived at. I'm guessing it's the Sawyer home. Yeah. It looks a little be. different, but it looks like the same. And uh, bam, this was filmed in Canada. <laughs> so Okay. Well, that's a transition. Was, a lot of it was filmed uh, in Canada, evidently, because they had like a bunch of like Canadian like credits. Yeah, in the, it was uh, filmed uh, in Ontario, I believe. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ontario known for being very Texan. The, Shout out to the filmmakers, though, for making it yeah. look like Texas. Well, they did a good job. The I mean, Texas honestly, of Canada. <laughs> like Letterkenny takes place in Ontario. And I'm like, actually, the landscape in Letterkenny is very similar to kind of like flat Texas yeah, landscape. It's, it's true. It's not like our landscape is tremendously notable, right? Just flat and brown yeah take that america canada does it better um anyway so that is texas chainsaw massacre 2022 or as we like to call it halloween 2018 Part or as we three. like to call it leatherface face the music or leatherface face your fears or any other face pun that i can think of yeah. really quick i think i'm out how'd you guys like it recommend it <sighs> i'm gonna give it a soft recommend right it is really gory it is really fun and it is really short. You're already subscribed to Netflix. Yes. Give it a watch. I mean, there's no harm in watching it, but know that I think they're some of the even worse sequels that are like objectively worse movies are better Texas Chainsaw movies than this one. This is just like a just a monster movie that takes place in a small town. Yeah, I would say this movie is short and the kills are fairly creative. Overall, I did not like this movie, but if this is the kind of movie you're into, eh, you might like it. Might like it more than I did. So no recommendation from you? Um, I'm going to say I can't in good conscience recommend this, but if you want to watch it, watch it. I don't care what you do with your life. <laughs> there you have it. Very, very smooth. You know what? Live your life, listener. <laughs> watch what you want to watch. Do what you want to do. Follow your bliss. <laughs> Look, I believe um, Digital Underground said it best. Do what you like. There you okay? go. Um, I actually do recommend this movie, and I know that's that's a rough one, but I think it's it's paced well. It, the kills are really cool. It's very pretty. It's like just a yeah. very well done. Like I enjoyed my time watching it because I like to get these movies my sit down, like don't do anything on my phone. Don't like work on art attention. I watch them and I was very happy with what I saw. I do have a bit of a problem recommending it just because like the story is so kind of cobbled together. I feel like they had the bones of a really amazing kind of follow-up and then they just leaned heavily into some stuff and just didn't really know what they wanted to do with what they leaned into. So I recommend it because, A, you already got Netflix, most of you. Yeah. You might as well watch it. It's for free at that point. But I would definitely temper your expectations. Know that they're trying to go for Halloween 2018 and they kind of missed the, the mark with their, like, nostalgia references, the way that Halloween hit on theirs. So... I was really just sad that the whole Sally plot just did nothing. Uh, it was it was never going to be, I think, an effectual plot because it is just such a blatant ripoff. And the Halloween franchise has done a lot of work to make it where Laurie is like an important aspect of the lore. And it, it, it's there's like groundwork in the other sequels, even if they wrote them off, that this person does have a revenge story. And they probably popped it in there because they're like, oh shit, we need to pad this out because if we don't make it to 60 minutes, this is technically <laughs> a short, not a, not a feature. I feel like they, they saw what Laurie Strode did and they, they really wanted to capture that kind of like yeah. badass return of the, the final girl type thing. But you're you're right, John. You, you, you put into words what I was thinking um, is Laurie is such an integral part of the Halloween movie that you can't get away without her. And Sally, while she is the final girl, really doesn't have that same gravitas that no. um, Lori does. So when she comes back out, especially with her training as 
a Texas Ranger and then basically just gets washed away so quick. I liked part of that because I love the fact that Leatherface was able to take out this like, oh, she's a badass. Oh my God, Leatherface is more badass. But again, Leatherface is supposed to just be a dude. So yeah. like, unless he outsmarted her, I didn't really like feel the same way that I felt when Lori goes toe to toe with Myers. So I recommend watching it. I would just say temper your expectations and know that it's not a, a fantastic horror flick. If you got an hour and 20, you're going to enjoy it. Watch it for the creative kills. Don't watch it for the plot. Yes. Yeah. Agree. Hard there agree. Also know that Netflix has the far superior 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. So you can watch this and then like go watch that and end your night on a highlight. Yeah, definitely watch the remake. It's so fucking amazing. Mark, this is your chance, man. You tell us, is it a recommend? Is it a pass? Well, truthfully, Garrett, I think you guys have pretty much nailed a lot of the feelings I had on it. Um, the messaging of the movie is really muddled. They didn't include anything about the cannibalism and the family. You need those in a Texas Chainsaw movie and instead of just making Leatherface this lone villain. He's not a lone villain. He's a, he's a part of the Sawyer clan, and I needed more of that for this to feel like an actual Texas Chainsaw movie. So you guys are right. This is just a monster movie out in the middle of nowhere. Leatherface is way OP in this. Just watching him do all the stuff that he could do as a 70-year-old man is just unbelievable. You guys are right. The kills were pretty good. So I would recommend it for that alone and solely that alone. But yeah, do not come to this movie for any Texas Chainsaw lore, history, continuation, any of that stuff. It doesn't really succeed. Well, thank you all so much. That sounds like one. Uh, it sounds like three half-ass recommendations <laughs> and uh, one maybe okay sort of recommendation. Um, what did you guys think of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022 on Netflix? Let us know on the social media. We got thegravetalk.com. We've got our Twitter. We've got our Instagram. We got our Facebook. Also, I mentioned it the other day on Twitter, but I finally, finally got around to starting to play Resident Evil 8. Holy shit. That is as John would say, a banger. Yeah. Oh man, it's so good. We're going to have some clips of that stuff coming out. Look for me and Mark to kind of talk about, you know, uh, the eighth installment of that franchise, but I'm finally got to, got to play it. So we'll see some of that coming soon. If you have any recommendations for us, any kind of, you know, feedback, hit us up, let us know. As always, we love you guys. Thank you. Uh, like, subscribe, share with your friends, all that other stuff. Slap that like button, John. Slap is that, that like button. That's correct. Everyone who reviews us on iTunes is obviously our favorite fan. So if you want to be our favorite fan, get on iTunes, hit that five stars, and uh, just know that I will every night when I go to sleep, like Arya Stark, I'm like, yeah, I list all your names. Oh, it's it's so creepy. not in a murder. No, like, in a favorite in a fan way. way. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's he's got a little shrine built. It's it's, it's very it's creepy. Astonishing, yeah. But, Anyway, thank you all so much. We'll be back next week for our other film, which I believe we're going to we're going to surprise you with it. Either it's the new scream, depending on when that's out on <laughs> digital, or it will be uh, Happy Death Day, I believe. Uh, Happy Death Day. What a great film. So it'll be one of those two flicks. We'll let you guys know beforehand so you can watch it in advance. And as always, thanks for listening to the Grave Talk podcast. Bye. Bye.